Mike Cyber Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Cyber Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Cyber Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And my guest in the studio this week is recurring, recurring, returning. I, I can't speak. I'm not going to re-rack, though, because I'm just going to keep going. Uh, uh, please give it up for returning co-host at Late Night Death on Twitter. It's Killing Spree. How you doing, buddy? All right. Uh, you shouldn't use my real name. What? God damn it, Mike. <laughs> I, I set you up for, well, considering what I we're talking about today, I set you up for one of the most famous quotes of the movie. And you just subvert my expectations. Oh, man. See? Wow. <laughs> you're, you're qualified to be a Star Wars director now. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to play a sound effect for you. Well played, good sir. Well played. That's uh... a... <laughs> well, if it's not obvious, we're going to be talking some Jurassic Park. Yes, it's uh well it's it's going to be a really special show actually because um uh, and this was this is basically your baby. I'm I'm going to do like a little bit of goofiness at the beginning and end to just kind of bookend the show. Uh but basically something you came up with um I I don't even remember how many months ago you uh you had mentioned to me that this what? year is the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Yeah, and uh, I think we were already planning on doing a Fallen Kingdom review, and right. Fallen Kingdom was a week after the actual anniversary, mm-hmm. so it, it kind of works. It worked out. Yeah, yeah. So so we're doing a, a couple things on this uh, bonus-length episode. We just started recording, and I already know it's going to be bonus-length, so uh, uh, stop yourselves in. But no, it's, it's going to be our celebration of uh, the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park, uh, but we're also going to be discussing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And uh, if you've been following us on the Twitters, you, uh, you already know we don't exactly agree. So um, This is probably going to be a rehash of... Of the Death Wish review. Yeah, because at first you had speculated that this was going to be more like our Ghost in the Shell review where we're both kind of indifferent but still kind of okay with it. Yeah, I was just, I was more positive on it. You were less positive. Yeah, but we were both still kind of like, eh, it's 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 fine enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, to give a uh, spoilers for a little further ahead, I think we might be even more divided on Fallen Kingdom than we were on Death Wish, because like really? we we found some commonality there on a couple things. I don't know. Well, then we boiled it down to you just didn't like it because you hate Bruce Old Man Willis. 
That's true. Yeah, see, that's right. Yeah, once we kind of like peeled back the layers and kind of really dug into it, we figured out what my problem with that movie was. And and so yeah, I I don't I don't know if you can turn me around on this one, uh, Maya. And it, it's so weird because like in in the time before we've recorded here, I uh, so I I posted something on Facebook and and it flowed over to uh, Twitter. I said that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is aggressively stupid. Uh, well- and oh, go ahead. What what is it with you lately and using aggressively as an adjective? Well, I think I, I have an explanation for that. Because you did this with solo. Yes, it be, I think it started there because I said we were aggressively indifferent, mm-hmm. and I like the sound of that because um, because it's it's a very Pacific Northwest way of describing something. I mean, you could say Seattle people are pretty aggressively indifferent if if you think about it for too long. I think I think uh, Dr. Chris from uh, Reverb was was the one that kind of called me out on that. He's like, "That's a very Pacific Northwest way of." Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know somebody on Facebook said that to you, and I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't remember who. And and, and it kind of stuck. And so I think when when people pay attention to the things I say, it tends to stick. I'm always the guy that will not only overuse a joke, but even long after it's thoroughly run over and thoroughly played out, um, I will still call back to it as if it's oh. as if it's not post or so, something. So you one of those guys that was telling Monica Lewinsky jokes well after the scandal? Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, so so that so that's kind of that's kind of my style there. But w- with this post that I made about uh, Fallen Kingdom, it's so uh, so a few people. Uh, liked it or loved it or or angry faced it or whatever interacted with it in some way but not a whole lot of comments but what I found in the time between then and now is that like everybody I run into there I I was like oh you want to skip that oh yeah I saw your post like I ran into my neighbor the other day and uh, they said they were going to go to the movies I'm like you gonna go see that Jurassic World oh no I saw your post so and yeah, I just I I ran into what's wrong uh, with people just not going and forming their own opinion. Yeah, well, and it was kind of interesting because because I, I was if I was going by everyone else's opinion or at least people from the UK and whatnot. Uh-huh. I would have avoided Jurassic World or uh, Fallen Kingdom because there was a lot of uh, mixed reviews coming out of England and whatnot. Interesting. So, so they uh, they they might have it figured out after all. The English, I don't know. <laughs> no. But no, it's 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 going to get it's going to get really uh, really contentious. I would imagine, and and I think that'll be uh, uh, kind of a cool way. Well, to, where would be the fun of it? Where in total agreement? Well, you know, well, and it's funny. when we go on when we're in total agreement, we go on long tangents. <laughs> You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the uh, the last time that we were kind of in lockstep agreement, we talked for four hours about uh, Solo, a Star Wars story that nobody asked for. So um, so I, I get the feeling just by uh, our divisiveness, I, I think we might actually be a little more concise here. But, I, but I'm really excited that, that we've got something that we're celebrating and something that we can uh, debate about as well. So I think, I think this is... Uh, this is going to be a really fun episode. But before all that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So let's uh, let's kick things off with some shout outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out loud. 
All right, so I'll be really brief, but I want to bring this up because I think by the time I do another recording, it won't be as relevant. Uh, but but I want to I want to quickly uh, shout out my buddies Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb from the Autopod Decepticast. Uh, they uh, um, on their podcast where they talk about Transformers the movie. They uh, they recently went through their ranking of the Rocky movies. So what uh, uh, what happened was one of the guys watched Creed on a uh, a flight home or something and it uh, it really affected him it was a movie he hadn't seen yet and just talked about that and they went on like this whole uh, almost Mike and Killing Spree like tangent over into um, you know talk, talking about Rocky and the rankings and and all that other fun stuff and, and that ended up um, uh, spilling over into Twitter this week um, and I, I thought it would be fun to participate and uh, put my rankings out there and it uh it actually stirred a little bit of controversy in like um a couple different aspects of my life this is weird because and and that's why i'm talking about this because it it wasn't just like a weird twitter thing uh but um i i'm having conversations with people at work and in fact this actually uh wormed into a little bit of uh the uh, uh talk show that i work on for my job um my actual radio show we uh, they they do a uh, this day in history segment and it was um uh, the the theme from Rocky, um, you got to fly, uh, hit number one on the Billboard charts on on whatever day it was. I it was it was sometime in the last week. I forget what day it was. But anyway, so I'm playing this song and we're talking about Rocky a little bit. And I uh, I totally uh, uh, break kayfabe a little bit. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I was I was just talking to some people that you know over over the weekend on Twitter, given their Rocky rankings, and I kind of you know put out some of my my opinions out there as well. The, the host was just like, yeah, um, uh, Rocky won or nothing, you know, just uh, just, you know, you know, the the original is the best. And that's that's why I wanted to talk about this um, a little bit with uh, with Killing Spree while while I got you here in the studio. So just uh, just to kind of back us up before we go too terribly far, my list that I put out on Twitter, my ranking um, is uh, at uh, number one, Rocky four, um, then Creed, Rocky 1, then 2, 3, Rocky Balboa and Rocky 5 dead last. You can you can keep that Tommy Gunn um uh movie, but but I I also have to confess that I am long overdue for a rewatch. There's a number of these movies I'd say with the exception of Creed and Rocky 4, ironically enough, that um that I haven't watched in a good a uh, number of uh, a good number of years, so I took a little bit of flack from that, and I, I don't have all the tweets in front of me, but I think Killing Spree, you were you were the first person to kind of kick no, off my uh, uh, shellacking here. No, our uh, KGRG one mentor Charlie was the first. Oh, it was Charlie. Okay. I can't remember what he said exactly, but I just said, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna dogpile on Mike. <laughs> That's what it was. Okay, so I yeah. wasn't even trying to put out my own list or whatever i was just like i'm just gonna stir the pot 
<laughs> so that's funny. So yeah, so um, uh, award-winning journalist and uh, uh, KGRG one uh, head man and the instructor for Journalism 120, which incidentally, if you want to take that class with Charlie Harger, learn about podcasting and digital radio, go to KGRG1.com or GreenRiver.edu. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Charlie, he doesn't tweet often from his personal account anymore uh, because, you know, ooh, he's a he's a journalist with a capital J or something. Now nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just picking on him. But no, he uh, um, so he uh, he he pops up occasionally, not unlike like the meerkat or or perhaps uh, Puxatani Phil. But but when he pops up and and uh, gets into my Twitter feed, he's always got the gold uh, because like he popped up and said, uh, why are you always so wrong on movies? And I, I want the two of you like trading jabs over Last Jedi. Absolutely. Okay. And so, yeah, he um, and and I got clarification from him when I talked to him. He he loves that movie. He he like capital L loves that movie. <laughs> and I um I uh don't <laughs> to, to, you know, and, and that's myself trying to stay from uh, slipping off into a tangent. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's well documented that Star Wars The Last Jedi is not my favorite movie. So so, yeah, so there's a little bit of history and barbs uh, going on there. But yeah, so no, he uh, he gives his ranking. He gives uh, Rocky one at the top, then Rocky four. And then he says uh, Balboa uh, belongs in that number three spot. Now the uh, the action continues. Oh, actually, this was about the time you doc piled in, right? Yeah, I chimed in doing my just in- intimidate or impersonating Mr. T. I pinned a fool who puts Rocky Three anywhere near the bottom, and then posted a gif of Mr. T or Clubber Lane. Clubber Lane, just yeah. Knocking the fuck out, Rocky. <laughs> uh, which I, I thought was very well said. So, like one of the one of the hosts of the Autopod Decepticast, I was talking about uh, um, Ryan Ryan Jet. He um, he uh, chimed in on a couple different things. Like uh, even even though it's not at the top of his list, he's got Rocky One there. But he said if there was a movie that he could watch over and over, and if it was the only one, he would pick Rocky Three. Yeah, it's I had a tiger, baby. I had a tiger. See, and a lot of people forget that. You know that that I had the tiger showed up in Rocky Three. I think people, uh, it's and they just assume the first. I I think so. And and he um he also uh Ryan mentioned uh he kind of talked about uh Balboa a little bit and and talked about I, I I don't have it in front of me but he he spoke very highly of it and this uh this conversation continued. When I, you know, like I mentioned, I was at work, but I was uh, talking to some other folks and um, lots of praise for Rocky Balboa. And I've only seen it once. I I saw it in the theater and I remember being pretty lukewarm on it. I, I too, only saw it once in the theater or maybe I've seen bits and pieces of it on Mm -hmm. TV afterwards, but I, it got me in the feels. Yeah, see, I, it, it's so weird. Maybe it has just been so long, and and that's and that's how it was explained to me too. It's like it it calls back to a lot of the stuff uh, that people liked about the series, um, and it it see. I think I the people I've interacted with feel about Balboa kind of how I do about Creed. Okay. I I really liked Creed. I have not seen Creed. 
it's um it's worth the watch um and i think what for me at least what inspired a lot of this was the trailer for creed 2 dropped um have uh, have you seen this trailer yet oh the <laughs> he, he's gonna avenge his father by yes. fighting a new drago yeah pretty much like, is, is this drago's son or is this uh, i you coincidental know, that they have the same name i saw a plot summary for creed 2 i want to say like maybe like nine months ago and i'm like this isn't the movie you're making jokes it's like yeah no ivan drago's son comes back to challenge uh, apollo creed's son and and well, why I, yeah but you know what drago I, killed creed <laughs> Well, exactly. So now he gets the chance to... I mean, if anything, he'd want to fight uh, Rocky or Rocky's son. There you go. There you go. But but that that gets me into the meat of what I wanted to talk about here, is that I feel that a lot of what people associate with Rocky, like Eye of the Tiger, uh, the, uh, the training montages, you know, the whole kind of America fuck yeah type, uh, type aesthetic, is they associate that more with the sequels. Like we just said that, you know, Eye of the Tiger uh, shows up in Rocky 3. And I, I have this crackpot notion that Rocky 1 and Rocky 2... To a lesser extent, but still need to be in a separate category from the sequels because Rocky especially is a real movie. In fact, I I would even call it a film. Rocky 2 to a lesser extent, but still. Um, And it's it's interesting because like you try to go back and watch Rocky 1. It's slow. It's really slow paced. And, you know, I even not even going to touch on, you know, uh, uh, problematic uh, elements. There's a lot of Adrian shoving in, in Rocky <laughs> one that that may not fly in in 2018 sensibilities. Well, what but does fly in 2018? Let's be honest. That's a good point. That's that's a conversation I'd love to unpack. I was uh, I was thinking about that the other day, just watching something else that no, I read an article somewhere about, you know, something being problematic. And it's like. What isn't problematic? What and what is going to be made in 2018 that's going to be quote unquote problematic? Yeah, I'm in, looking in forward 40. to 20 years in the future just to see all the stuff that was a okay in this year. Is there's something wrong with like I can only imagine what's going to be what people 20 years from now are going to say is problematic about the Black Panther. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> or Wonder Woman. Yeah, you get you get a, a BuzzFeed article in like 2039 that talks about how pro, quote unquote problematic. Black oh, Panther if BuzzFeed's was. still around 20 years, this plant deserves to die. No kidding. Maybe the dinosaurs will 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 take care of it. But no, I so so what uh what do you think about about uh you know kind of the that that thesis I put out there about the uh the Rocky movies? You know about like the sequels and the originals and well, three and four. We're definitely more uh, wacky-ish, for lack of a better term, yeah. than the first two. I mm. don't remember five at all. Well, you're okay. I remember a little bit of it. I've only seen it once, mm-hmm. and Balboa seemed more back to back to form. Yeah, back to back to basics for sure. It's like, and I think I just got fixated on like the whole video game conceit of it because it was like, oh yeah, according to like this, you know, Madden NFL boxing game, you know, Rocky Balboa oh, would totally yeah. win against this guy, and that's that's quite honestly all I remember of it. So I I am definitely overdue for a rewatch uh, because yeah, all the stuff that that 
uh, again, like three, four different people now have told me, you know, it gets you in the feels and and uh, and it and it's really really good. Well, from uh, my memory, it's just kind of like where Rocky was. Yeah. To where he is in Balboa, it's like, oh, poor Rocky. You just feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. See, and and it's interesting because um, there's a lot of that in Creed. You know, it's it's kind of sad sack Rocky, like uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Adrian's super dead. Um, uh, yeah, we, we're spending a lot of time at that grave. But anyway, no, it's a. Uh, um, I, I got into a little bit of an argument slash discussion with uh, with one of the folks I work with, and he he scoffed at my putting Rocky Four at the top. He's like, "Well, but it's an '80s music video." I was like, "Exactly." If I had the choice between watch, watching Rocky One and Rocky Four, I will watch Rocky Four every single time because it's fun. Rocky One is is a great movie, and people forget that Sylvester Stallone took home an Oscar for Best Director for that movie. Um, it's a it, it's an actual movie, but uh, I'm sorry, it's it's an actual film or whatever you or want. Or the to others call are it. popcorn flicks. Exactly, and and that's why I love Rocky Four. You know, it's got like that that synthesizer score to it. And and all it's got like no fewer than three different training montages. It's it's great. I love it. I have a feeling that's going to be a theme for Fallen Kingdom, where I am defending it because ah. I think it's I find it a fun movie. Ah, interesting. Well, I like that. So, uh, so before we we close out on uh, on Rocky, do you uh, do you have rankings you want to share or anything you want to talk about on that? Most of them I've only seen once, so I don't think it's fair to rank them. <laughs> well, see, and 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 that's that's kind of the theme of my. I think I just preemptively put out my list because I a yeah. lot of these I haven't seen in a in yeah. a really really it, long. It's not time. like when we did the Friday the Thirteenth rankings where I've seen each movie a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and it was kind of funny because like I think with my Rocky list, I kind of fell into the same trap I did with the with my Friday the Thirteenth rankings. It's like um, th- when you start sorting stuff, like putting weird choices high, the some really good stuff kind of starts going to the bottom. Like I I inadvertently ended up putting like Friday the 13th part two, like towards the bottom because like, exactly. And, and I have since gone back and watched it and it's great. I forgot how much I love that movie. It's, it's, uh, um, and, and I feel the same thing. If I, if I watch these Rocky movies, I bet you my rap, my ranking would change from just what I shat out on Twitter, just on, on a whim wanting to participate with uh, some friends of mine that do shit on Twitter responsibly. Yeah, there you go. All right. So that being said, that's uh, that's all I've got on that. But yeah, no, it's it's just been it's just been so much of a thing. I I wanted to incorporate it as part of an episode, and now now I feel like I've said all I need to about Rocky. Do you um uh, do you want to start talking about Jurassic Park? Yes, let's. All right. I own an island off the coast of Costa spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. Make the one I've got down in Kenya look like a petting zoo. (laughs) And there's no doubt our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. What kind of park is this? It's right up your alley. So the kind of control you're attempting is uh, it's not possible. This is what the history of evolution has taught us. It's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free. It expands to new territories and crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously. Dinosaurs and man 
two species separated by 65 million years of evolution have just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? And make a fortune Universal did. <laughs> I don't know how much money that the entire franchise has made, but it's got to be high up there. Hmm. So. A, a couple billions, I would imagine, because, yeah. I mean, just that, you know, Jurassic World made, crossed a billion. Fallen Kingdom is close to making a billion, so that's at least two. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the, the three before then, so it's yeah. definitely so, a phenomenon. So, yes, June 11th, 1993, the best thing of the 90s came out the one thing that justifies the decade as far as i'm concerned jurassic park the movie <laughs> so in 1990 i believe it was the michael crichton no- novel was released spielberg jumped all over that to make a movie and i was watching a uh, an interview with james cameron like he wanted to make a jurassic park movie after when he he didn't even finish the book he's like i want to make a movie out of this wow and by the time he got got a hold of crichton spielberg was already on it I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, from from what I recall, Cameron was going to make something more horror-ish for Jurassic Park. Okay. So who who knows what that would have been like? Well, and it's interesting because there are some elements in both the novel and the first movie that that are kind of uh, kind of terror-ish a well, little bit. Yeah, for for those who've never read the book, Dennis's death in the novel is much more gruesome, much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, how, how did you first hear about Jurassic Park before, leading up to its release? Well, it was, um, so I want to say it was Christmas of 92. It was either 92 or 91. I, I don't remember which. But basically the uh, the book had taken the world by storm. And like you had said already that, you know, even before it was out of the gate, you know, it was already being optioned um, as a movie. And my uncle was knee deep in it. And and as was everyone else at the time. And I just remember uh, that that was kind of a conversation around the Christmas tree of like, you know, this is going to make for an amazing movie. And that that was really kind of my first exposure to it. And then uh, sometime almost immediately afterward, then it was the marketing push. I mean, like that that's that's something you don't you, you see marketing for movies differently now in in 2018 but um i mean because like i mean there's still overexposure but it's hard to explain i think i think maybe it's just more like the the uh uh fast food toys and things like that yeah we'll get to the merchandising because i have a whole section on my notes for that absolutely and uh, oh go ahead uh i didn't know jurassic park was a novel till after the movie had come out when my parents bought it the uh paperback version of it oh really okay but i was like uh Eight going on nine when this movie came out so gotcha. n- not the target audience for that book obviously right so uh when i when i first heard of jurassic park was uh i don't remember what movie it was that i saw but they had a teaser trailer for jurassic 
park. Mm. And like an actual teaser trailer. Like none of the shots in the in the trailer were from the movie. It was basically just uh, some miners uh, getting some amber and then a scientist drilling into it and then a, a and then it just zooms in on the mosquito inside it, and you, mm-hmm. and you have some dialogue from the narrator, mm-hmm. and then the logo pops up. Wow! And that sold me, because when I was a kid, uh, or at this time, there there are two things that define my childhood: mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles and dinosaurs. Right. So, as Hammond so well put it, it's right up your alley. <laughs> so I didn't even know what the movie was about. I wanted to see it. Wow. And so fast forward to uh, June 1993. I Actually, I still have my ticket stub. Yeah, we were, we were looking at some of the, the uh, artifacts that you brought in. Like you have your... I have so much stuff. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, so yeah, I saw it uh, June 12th, that, the following Saturday. Okay. So, so uh, it was me... Some classmates and my dad went to go see it because uh, I have a summer birthday. So okay. what we what we used to do when I was a kid was that we'd have an early birthday party with my friends and classmates because everybody usually goes out on summer vacation. Yeah. So we went to see Jurassic Park and my God, it was so crowded for a 11 a.m. showing. Mm-hmm. Like me and my friends were off to one side of the theater, like way on the side. And my dad was like, not next to us, but he was pretty close to us. Yeah. There's just no groupings enough for all of us. This was back when you could not reserve seats. Right. If you wanted a good seat, you had to get there early. Well, and it's interesting, too, because um, theater houses had more seats. You know, like that uh, too. Yeah, because like uh, uh, you know, both you and I uh, frequently go to the the Century Theater and Federal Way, and that's all like the big plush, you know, luxury uh, recliners that you can reserve ahead, and you know, like some of some of the the uh, auditoriums hold less than a hundred people, but like the theaters that that you and I would see something like Jurassic Park in in 1993, those would hold hundreds of people, yeah. and yeah, they would just be packed. Yeah, and the line. The wall. Just yeah. the lines at the ticket booth just uh-huh. went ar- almost around the the building. Yeah, like Jurassic Park Mania was in full swing. Absolutely. And so, worldwide gross, its initial release was nine hundred fourteen million. And it, it passed the one billion mark after the three uh, D re release in two thousand thirteen. Okay. Yeah, when I was making my notes, it, Wikipedia threw me off because it didn't make that distinction. Oh sure. So. If you just read the the wiki, you you you'd assume it made one billion in 1993, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case, obviously. But uh, yeah, it was the highest grossing movie at the time. Uh, Titanic would later top it, right? And uh, I believe this was Spielberg's third all time highest grossing movie he's ever made because there's like Jaws, mm-hmm. E. T. and Jurassic Park. I don't know if any of his other movies have done that. You know, no, the uh, uh, no, I, I don't know that for sure, but I know like the the Indiana Jones movies have made a lot of mo- a, a lot of money, but they never really uh, were never really in that top earner category, right? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 that's that sounds legit, yeah. yeah and then the, in the first three weeks, Jurassic Park was in the U.S. box office, it was number one, like it mm-hmm. dominated, yeah, for several weeks. Yeah, this was this was the movie of 1993. Absolutely. And 
it won a bunch of awards. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what do I got? Yeah, the, they the were, Aca- I'm sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say they were all t- mostly technical awards. Yeah, right? like for the Academy, it won Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, uh, the Saturn Awards. It won Best Director, Best mm-hmm. Science Fiction, Special Effects, Writing. Hugo Awards, it won Best Dramatic Presentation. Mm-hmm. People's Choice Awards, it was Favorite Motion Picture. And uh, the Japanese Academy, it won Best Foreign Film. So Interesting. I'm not 100% sure, but I think this was the movie that got me interested in the Academy Awards. Because I don't recall ever being interested Yeah, and it's, uh, beforehand. It, it's interesting because like, it just takes a movie that you're suddenly very invested in. Because like, I spent a lot of time as a kid watching those goofy award shows. Um, and, and I bet you the 1993 awards were ones that I watched as well. And interestingly enough, I you know, and the reason why I asked about the technical awards is because I think the only reason that, that Spielberg didn't win Best Director, or I don't know if he was nominated for Jurassic Park, but he was competing against himself. Oh, right. Schindler's List came out in 93. And a lot of people forget about that. Basically, he would... Spielberg would work... They were kind of like in tandem. So, like, he would get kind of like, you know, kind of really up in his own head about what he was doing with Schindler's List. And he would go work on Jurassic Park to kind of unwind. Right. Because Schindler's List is such a uh, dramatic uh, tonal shift. Mm -hmm. And, And I wonder if... Uh, some of the dramatic flourishes in Jurassic Park as a movie, you know, some of the you know more uh, blockbustery type action pieces are kind of like maybe a response to what he was. I mean, could you imagine that making like two disparately different films at the same time? That's just I I can't even imagine that. No, I can't either. Because I mean, like creatively, I I get like in weird headspaces, and it's like I have to I have to stay in one headspace. It's like I can't like necessarily like when I was taking classes here at Green River, I couldn't necessarily like write papers, but then like also write for a podcast or a radio show. It's like two completely different things, and yeah, I just it, it, it's a valve I have. It's like it faces one way or the other way. But uh, yeah, when when the Academy Awards came around, I remember being unhappy that Jurassic Park wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Because <laughs> w- when this movie came out, uh, I'm not sure if it was the Brachiosaur scene or the T-Rex escape scene. Like, okay. One of those two, that won me over before the movie was even done. Because mm-hmm. being a dinosaur nut, just seeing him look so amazing, it, just, it, it blows an eight-year-old's mind away. Absolutely, yeah. just blows your hair back. I was, uh, I, I was a little older. I think I was... 13, give right. or take. And so my, my viewing experience was kind of similar to yours in that I, I went with a group of kids from school. There was like four or five of us. And I, I remember it being very similar where it was a packed house. Um, I remember looking around and seeing people like standing against the wall of the auditorium and stuff because like apparently they would sell tickets they didn't have seats for. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about that. But yeah, I just and I remember we were kind of like in like the front side corner, not quite all the way up front, but pretty darn close. Right. And I remember kind of like watching it through a crane neck, and I think that perspective kind of helped with the 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 truly, um, and this is a word that gets thrown around a lot without value, but 
awesome in terms of like awe-inspiring scenes. Like you mentioned the Brachiosaurus scene, you know, like I think there's something about 13-year-old Mike sitting there with a, with a crick in my neck having to actually crane my head to look up as the camera pans up right. to see the uh, the Brachiosaurus there. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it was one of those movies where it, it, it got folks in your age bracket, it got folks in my age bracket. I think it just, you know, you mentioned it earlier, it took the world by storm. Yeah, this this was definitely one of those movies where just everybody had to go see it. Like, mm-hmm. A couple like, times, too. Yeah, I saw it, like, I want to say three times in the theater. Mm. If I had disposable income, I probably would have seen it at least <laughs> once a week. That's awesome. But, yeah, and the like you said earlier, the marketing and then the merchandising. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, according to a 1993 article from Entertainment Weekly, okay. there was 100 companies brought in to market 1,000 products. Wow. And some of them, they, they ranged from like comic books, coloring books, model kits, uh, tops trading cards, video games, McDonald's promotional cups, yep, uh, bed sheets, t-shirts, school supplies, and of course, the Kenner toy line. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the toy line, just on a side thing real yeah. quick, rest in peace Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah, we got poor one out because they uh, they closed their doors. Uh, uh, what last Friday? A couple Fridays ago? Uh, last week. Oh, gotcha. As of this recording. Sure. But I'm almost positive that all my Jurassic Park toys came from Toys R Us. Some of them might have came from Universal Studios when we were when me and my family went down there. Oh, okay. Because I think, I, yeah, I'm almost positive we went down there the Christmas of '93 or something like that to visit grandparents. Oh, wow. So was this was this before the ride then? Oh, well before. I think well, the ride. Okay. I want to say the ride came out in like ninety five, ninety six. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure on the history on that. So, wow. But, but yeah, there was a there's two initial toy lines, not including obviously like Lost World or the Chaos Effects toy line. Mm-hmm. And like I was telling you earlier, I ha- I had the the entire first wave of Kenner toys. Yeah. It's just all I'm missing is. I lost Robert Muldoon. I have no idea what happened to him. All I have left is the uh, trading card he came with. <laughs> and and I have most of the second wave. Okay. Because to my surprise, uh, a good chunk of them never got released, even though they were advertised on the back of the cards. Sure. Or back of the uh, packaging. Mm-hmm. Because like, they repainted like the vehicles. There were some animals that never got put out. Okay. Well, and it's interesting because like that, uh, you know, Kenner was notorious for recycling and reusing stuff because there's there's like a lot of old Star Wars stuff that made it in there, um, or yeah. at least I thought there was. But yeah, like some of the second wave uh, Jurassic Park Kenner toys were just dinosaurs from the first wave, ah. but they came with capture gear. Oh right, sure. <laughs> add, add some accessories. Exactly. I uh, mean, Kenner oh. knew what was up, and I act- and I brought with me my. Very first uh, toy that I got in the the, yeah. the toy line, the electronic noise making Dilophosaurus. Oh, very cool. D- uh, d- does he still work? Actually, hold on a second. Oh, hang on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I put fresh batteries in it. It works. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What kind of batteries does that run on? Like uh, watch batteries or something? Yeah, watch batteries. Oh, very cool. That's yeah. neat because yeah, I saw you playing with it earlier before we started recording, and I, 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 I yeah, this think- was uh, one of my birthday presents when okay. we, from my one of my classmates. Nice. Oh man, like my birthday or my actual birthday was nothing but Jurassic Park stuff. <laughs> I, I remember uh, 
before my birthday, we mm-hmm. went down to visit my grandparents over in Bremerton. Sure. And my grandma took me a Toys R Us to just go birthday shopping. Yeah. Like, you go ahead and pick out your gifts. <laughs> so I just picked out a bunch of the Jurassic Park dinosaurs I didn't have yet. Yep. And like some of them were the, the T-Rex or okay. the, the big red T-Rex. Uh, but when I wasn't looking, my mom went and put the T-Rex back on the shelf. Yeah. Because she and my dad had already bought it for my birthday as their present. <laughs> so I could have had two. Ah, uh, see, man, they, they outfoxed you. Yeah. And funny. I, and Christmas, same deal. Like, mm-hmm. I got all the vehicles and the, the compound. Right. Like, there weren't that many compounds I or uh, places I owned. It's like, uh-huh. it like the Ninja Turtle sewer and the Jurassic Park one. That was it. Mm-hmm. The Jurassic Park one got so much use. It's like, it's probably worth a pretty penny just because it's complete. But it's so oh, beat wow. up, I don't know if it's worth that much. Yeah. Well, see, and those are the best toys, though. The ones that are... The ones that know, have a story to tell. Absolutely. I mean, there's there, there's a reason why them Toy Story movies hit people in the feels, because it, it kind of it, 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 it hits that right nerve, because toys are meant to be played with. I'm totally that guy. But Yeah, and I like the people who are adults that go to Toys R Us or Walmart or whatever, and they just snatch up all the kids toys but they put them on a shelf to look pretty yeah yeah you know and i i I, i've done a bit of that in my time as well i I have a lot of like packaged toys and things like that but i i also have a lot of uh um open stuff as well but yeah no there's something there's something that that's transportative and you know dare i say magical without being too pretentious about picking up a toy that you used to play with that you know you could see the chips and dings and kind of be transported to when you were playing with that thing and it's uh um, it's really really cool. Yeah, like my uh, the uh, I don't recall what they called the Ford the Ford Explorer in the toy line. Sure, but uh, the sunroof <laughs> it's just got a big crack going down the middle of it. Uh huh. And it's just like oh the sh- the hell I put that thing through. Like I re- recreated the uh, the tree scene with it. Sure, with whatever tree was in my backyard so many times. <laughs> Oh, that's great! I uh, I love that. And you know, you were uh, uh, you were telling me about the Kenner figures a little bit earlier, but you were also talking about the well, actually not talking about. You showed me the uh, uh, trading cards. Yes, uh, that, from Tops. Yeah, uh, so those were cool, but also the uh, the trading cards that came with the the Kenner toys. Yeah, the the the, the cards that came with the first wave. They were all these neat. You described them as, uh, it they al- could have been concept art. It almost looked like concept art because it has like, you know, like a dashing figure that looks almost like Sam Neill, but not quite. There's somebody that's dressed in black that might be Ian Malcolm, but it's not Jeff Goldblum. And, right. Um, there's, there's even one, like I think the Triceratops, where there's a- It's chasing after Grant. Yeah, well, and and there's like a uh, you know like a, a female anthropologist looking lady with uh, with shorts and a rifle, I think. It's like, it, it was a grappling hook. That was the Ellie toy. Oh, okay. I was just like, whoa. I mean, there the art style is really cool looking because it's like painted, but not uh like we were discussing. Yeah, almost like uh, concept art. Yeah, then then the uh, the second wave, they just the cards were just. Uh, shots from the movie mm-hmm. which is cool enough but yeah. at the same time it's like there were some really unique dinosaurs in that second li- line like the Carnotaurus uh, mm-hmm. for those who don't know what it is it's uh, it's in uh, Fallen Kingdom it's that really sh- 
it's the shorter than the T-Rex, the one that has the horns on its head and oh, really okay. stubby arms. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of this because, like, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, there there's a lot of obscure dinosaurs in, in Fallen Kingdom. I'm like, I don't know what any of this stuff is, but I bet you my man Killing Spree knows what all of these are. There, there was a time where I could pronounce their names no problem. Wow. And then, but now these days, like, how, how was I able to say that? <laughs> That's interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, I I, I like Jurassic Park a lot. I, I like the franchise quite a bit, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily hold that same uh, level for me as it does you. Mm-hmm. So, like, so I, I'm really glad that we're able to do this because... Uh, well, I, like, like I said before, like, this is... Jurassic Park's to me what Star Wars is to you. Absolutely, and I I, th- I think it's awesome that we get to talk. Yeah, about I it think like that that, that that T Rex escape scene. Uh huh. I can only imagine what the what people were like when they first saw "I Am Your Father." Yeah. And so I was like, but with the T Rex, like this must have been how it felt. Like I am just my jaws on the floor. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. Well, and and I just, uh, you know, we talked about the theater-going experience, um, and I just remember the sound being cranked up so loud. Like, when, like, that T-Rex roars, I I remember distinctly the feeling of the theater actually rumbling. Like, I, I swear I could feel my seat and the walls shaking. Um, <laughs> little bit of that. <laughs> nice. I like that. Just the the sound of those dinosaurs was amazing. Well, and from a technical standpoint, that and I think this is why this movie is so memorable is that well, one, it totally holds up. Yeah, I, mean, the, I was rewatching the special effects was like, yeah, I could tell it's CGI, but it's still it looks really good for a twenty five year old movie. It reminds the the closest thing that I can relate it to would be Terminator Two. In that you watch T2, and even though it's 1991, and and the the thing that that makes it hold up is that it didn't try to do too much. Like you know, they had a very simple liquid metal Terminator, so that 30 years later it still holds up. They they understood their limitations. Yeah, it's not like the uh, the dinosaurs where you have skin texture to work mm-hmm. with. And and even then, it was that that really cool blend of computer generated effects but then also some brilliant puppetry yeah top notch work from Stan Winston in his studio like the the T-Rex uh, at the time was the biggest puppet they've ever made mm-hmm. I, I don't recall did they do the special effects for Jurassic Park 3 I don't remember because and... I, I know the Spinosaurus was bigger as a puppet yeah I just don't recall if it was the same studio off the top of my head. Yeah, it would it would be it would be tough to say. I'm I, I'd have to research it. Um but yeah, I mean and, and a lot of it that makes it so iconic is, you know, the sound design. You know, and I mean I mean you you got Team Spielberg involved. So I mean it's just like all of the pieces fit together to, you know, really make this uh you know such a such an iconic movie. Yes. Yeah, so, so iconic that a lot of dinosaurs suddenly got mainstream appeal where, where before they were just obscure like I'll be oh, despite yeah. being a dinosaur nut, I'd never heard of a Velociraptor until Jurassic Park yeah exactly like I knew of a Dilophosaurus sure 
but the, the movie made it just so much cooler, even though it's way too short to be a real Dilophosaurus. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it made household names. You know, everybody knew what a, what a Velociraptor was from that point forward. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I, it, it's interesting because, and, and you'd, you'd be able, I think you were talk, touching on this a little bit uh, earlier, like you were, you were way into dinosaurs before Jurassic Park, and I think that, that dinosaur fandom can kind of be marked by before Jurassic Park and after Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, just, just the way the dinosaurs were portrayed before and after Jurassic mm-hmm. Park is very differing. Like, uh, when uh, Jurassic World came out, they, mm-hmm. they had these little tiny uh, toys. They, they didn't really do anything. They just they just sat there. They're, they're like army men. Oh, okay, cool. So And I bought some for my niece just for something for her to play with whenever she visited. Totally. So I was comparing them to some dinosaurs or similar type toy dinosaurs from when I was little. Mm-hmm. And there's just the T-Rex alone is so different. Mm-hmm. Like the one I had, the T-Rex walks upright. Like that's obviously not scientifically accurate. Yeah, because like I, I remember I would have, uh, you know, like T-Rex dolls or or uh, whatever that, yeah, they, they would almost be closer to like Godzilla's. Or yeah. something, you know, very, very upright, and it would be like, you know, uh, Brontosaurus and Triceratops and Stegosaurus. And really, actually, you know, I, I it wouldn't be a um, thing if I didn't invoke Transformers at some point. Because, oh, the Dinobots? Because you had Dinobots. So you had a Tyrannosaurus, you had a Stegosaurus, you had a uh, Pterodactyl, and, and yeah, Brontosaurus. So, um, oh, and Triceratops, if I hadn't named that yet uh but anyway yeah so so that that kind of hit into that pre-jurassic park type uh type uh uh dinosaur uh mania i think a little bit but yeah after after the velociraptors became like the the kind of it girl dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) because yeah i mean after that it was all just raptors this raptors that oh yeah like like uh the uh who made it? Uh, Capcom. They made a uh-huh. a Resident Evil style game with dinosaurs called the uh, Dino Crisis. Oh, right. and the basic enemy was Velociraptors. Uh huh. And I think uh, Raptor showed up a lot in that Turok Dinosaur Hunter Probably. movie too for sixty four. I think it was, or at least something that was close, where it was like kind of you know clawed and squatty, right? And fast moving. But uh, speaking of video games, mm. like, you ever played any of the? Jurassic Park games that came out in 93? Ooh, I'm trying to remember. I want to say my cousin had a Jurassic Park game for the Genesis, but I don't remember anything about it. Like, yeah, the Genesis one was cool because you got to play as the Velociraptor. Yes, that's right. Okay, I do remember that game now. Because, yeah, but but was it was it just the Raptor or could you play You, you, you could switch the- between Grant and the Raptor. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, I... Uh, yeah, it wasn't until you unlocked that memory. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I, I remember that being very well beloved now now that you mention it. Yeah, that's one of my, uh, like, that and uh, Sonic 2 were the main reasons I wanted the <laughs> Sega Genesis. Yeah. Uh, Sonic 2 is a fun game. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and these days when a movie mm-hmm. comes out, it's like, what, four months or so before it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray? Generally, yeah, not not long. Jurassic Park didn't come out on home video until October fourth, nineteen ninety four. Well over a year. Really? Yeah, I remember that. 
I remember when the oh god I, I can't remember the name of the rental store but they had advertising for it okay. being out on VHS and it was like what 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 <laughs> I, I gotta tell you killing spree I've uh, you know I, I've known you a while now and you know you, you're you're generally pretty uh, cantankerous and and you know grumpy and grouchy about all that but 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 to but to to see just the childlike glee coming off of you when, when you're talking about this stuff I I really appreciate it I right. I just I just think it's so awesome because I'm I'm imagining you know a, a nine-year-old killing spree with and if for some reason in my imagination a nine-year-old killing spree looks exactly the way you do now just shorter so well i had a full head of hair back then (laughs) but 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 yeah you you catch my meaning but yeah no just uh just to hear that that excitement and i wonder if it was were because i i don't i i remember in uh 1989 when when batman came out right and i remember that like there was as big of a home video push for that as there was for the movie and i believe if i remember correctly it was one of the first movies that was available to commercially buy like you could go to safeway and there's a floor stack with you know batman movies on there and i don't remember what the date was but i wonder with the video release of jurassic park if they were trying to hype it that way uh i don't know because i seem to recall a lot that was standard practice that it took a, a while before they came out on home video yeah maybe it was just the process to put them on vhs was took longer i don't know yeah but, yeah but, but, it, it, but yeah it just seems like you had to wait a while before mm-hmm. you can get it on home video whereas nowadays it's, you just like i said you gotta wait like four months or so yeah yeah, sometimes even less. It it, it seems depending on how bad it did in the theater. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, uh, because yeah, I mean, even going further back, I I remember uh, when before home video was more um, uh, accessible for purchase. Like it would be like a year or something before like something would be would be available in the in the video stores. It was so yeah. weird. Um, and uh, to help promote this. Uh, Stores would uh, give out Jurassic Park posters, okay. and they had a. Uh, it wasn't a movie poster. It was a. It was a poster of the concept art for the. Uh, uh, what dinosaurs did it have on it? Uh, the Gallimimus, the Brachiosaur, Velociraptor, and the T Rex. Okay, and it just had a person to for scale, and oh, a little bit cool. of information of all four of those dinosaurs. Huh. That that sounds very familiar. Yeah, I have it and framed up on my wall, <laughs> even though it's kind of beat up. Yeah. Well, and you have a vintage one sheet too, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, for Christmas last year, that was my that was the big gift for me was an original teaser poster for Jurassic Park, not a reprint, an original. Yeah, because like if I if I remember correctly, because you you posted it, and sorry to be a stalker and a lurker, but I think I remember that. Is that is it folded? Like, am I remembering? No, it's that, like, it's, it's rolled. Got, Oh, okay. I I might be thinking of something else then because I thought it had folds in it. It um, might have been just the frame that I put it in. Could be. I either way, it's a it's a it's a handsome piece. I mean, anytime you get something original and vintage like that, that's that's pretty damn no, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've been on the hunt for like a a Lost World teaser poster because the one I used to have as a kid, it, it it's got horribly sun faded. Oh, sure. So I was just trying to find a replacement for that. Gotcha. But no luck for some weird reason. Hmm. But plenty of Jurassic Park original posters. So I don't get it. 
Well, because it was it was everywhere. And well, so was the Lost World when it came, or the promotion for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point because I was gonna say, I mean, a lot of stuff like, um, and again, I've I've invoked uh, Batman '89 a couple times now. I mean, like vintage stuff for that era is not all that difficult to come by because there was so much of it, and it was just everywhere. And I think as time went by. Um, you know, maybe because of like, you know, economical reasons or what have you, there, there just, you know, isn't as much as there was like, a, like in those early nineties. I mean, right. it's like you could, you know, get, you know, one cheap posters pretty much on the cheap, but not, not so much anymore. Right. So, uh, well, since we're touching on the, the sequels, this movie made so much money. Of course it was going to be a franchise. You know, and I, and I want to touch on that just just very, very briefly. I remember uh, hanging around with my friends. This would have been uh, 19, you know, late 1994 after Jurassic Park was on video. And, you know, like as, you know, young boys often do, just kind of speculate about what and I'm like. Where are you going to go from here? What else could you possibly do? Because I, I was that guy. I'm like, you can't make a sequel to Jurassic well, Park. Uh, it makes no sense. Well, it makes uh, no sense. Well, as Malcolm put it, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Michael Crichton had no intention of writing a sequel. Right. Like I, I'm pretty sure he never does that or never done that. Mm-mm. But uh, fans were wanting a sequel to the book. And it took Spielberg to convince him to write the the Lost World novel. Pretty, really good. I, I don't enjoy it as much as the Jurassic Park novel, but still a fun novel to read. Gotcha. See, I I've never read the Lost World. I I was kind of turned. It's off. It's actually very different from the movie. Yeah. See, and and that's that's. I may have to go check it out. Um, because it is, and he, it's documented that he wrote it kind of under protest and well, protest being the form of all of the monies. Cause yeah, <laughs> you know, Spielberg just showed up with the Brinks truck and just kind of, you know, like, uh, opened the dump truck and just started spilling money on, onto his, uh, driveway, like, like so much gravel. Right. So, uh, I first heard of the Lost World be- becoming a thing when I went to the Universal Studios in like 96 or something like that. This was when the, yeah, it was the year the 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 ride came out. Okay. So, uh, have you ever been to Universal Studios in Hollywood? Couple times. So you know how they have it sectioned off, like there's one on the up on a hill, and then there's yep. one section on the bottom, and you have to ride a big long escalator to get down there. Yep. But you get a, a really good view of all the uh, the studios. Yeah. So uh, and on the, all the studios, they usually they put like uh, banners of uh, their upcoming features. Mm-hmm. And what did I see? The logo. The Lost World Jurassic Park. And it's like, oh my God! <laughs> oh my Lord! Sweet Jesus! Sweet Jesus! <laughs> so yeah, 97 Memorial Day couldn't come fast enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the box office numbers on me. I don't know how well it did. But, uh... Did well enough, I mean... W- well enough, yeah. It spawned a, its own toy line, its own merch, mm-hmm. uh, promotional stuff, like, uh... Even a uh, its own cereal. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't remember Lost World cereal. That's funny. Yeah, it was basically this. Uh, you had this cereal part, and it had dinosaur mush, uh, marshmallows. Huh. Too funny. Yeah. 
You know what? I think I do remember that. See, it's so funny. It's like on these memory lane things, as soon as you talk about something long enough, it clicks. It's like I have a vague recollection of the game, and then you say you could play as the Raptor, and suddenly it clicks. You know, we're talking about the cereal, and you mentioned like marshmallows in it. I'm like, oh, yes, I do remember that. (laughs) I'm a weirdo that way. Oh, yeah, I, I, I always viewed The Lost World as a good movie or a good sequel to a great movie. Like, it's not, obviously, I don't think it's as good as Jurassic Park, but it's like, oh, sure. yeah, this is, it's a good follow-up. Hmm. You know, like, it's, it's no empire. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, and, and oh, I'm, I'm trying to steer away from Tangent Town, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's akin to Return of the Jedi. It's fine. Actually, I like Return of the Jedi quite a bit, but but it's yeah. I I think you said it best, so I I don't want to sully that with any any other uh, tangents or distractions. Yeah, it's it's a fine enough movie, and it's a worthy enough sequel to um to a fantastic movie. Nothing nothing would ever touch it. That's the thing, you know. It's uh, um I ran out of steam on that. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just gonna start rambling and comparing to Star Wars. Oh, they, they, they that's not they where caught I lightning go. in a bottle with Jurassic Park. That's that's the thing. Right, that's so, that's the thing. So then, uh, four years later, we got Jurassic Park three, mm-hmm. not directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, you know, and and with the Lost World, that was the first and only sequel to one of his own works that that Spielberg has. That's right. He's never he doesn't do sequels, does he? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, aside from the well, he directed uh, the all four or all three indie sequels. Well, I think he did that fourth one too. That I mean, I'm sorry that that fourth movie doesn't exist. Never mind. <laughs> oh, so only only the two sequels. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So I uh, that is completely inaccurate. What I just said. But it, it's rare. Rare. Yeah, that's probably a better way of putting it. Uh, directed by uh, Joe Johnston, uh, Jurassic Park Three was. Um, he uh, he's made a couple. He's made a lot of stinkers, but he made two movies that I actually really really like. One being uh, The Rocketeer and Captain America: The First Avenger. And he did the first Avenger. He did. Huh. Um, and and those those two movies, The Rocketeer and Captain America, kind of have some connective tissue there because they're kind of like that that World know, War Two era, World War Two kind of throwback type of things. But Joe Johnston also, for me personally, his claim to fame is he uh, he came up with the concept design for Boba Fett. He, really? He like like the the Super Commando look that that's all him. He uh, he, George Lucas came to it. He was working at you know ILM as a concept artist, huh. and George Lucas said, "Yeah, I need this. I I, uh, I need a I, I need somebody with some cool armor and 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 a super commando. <laughs> maybe he's a stormtrooper. Maybe not. I this is a terrible George Lucas impression. It's not far off though. Uh, 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 well, yeah, I need to kind of like get my like turkey yokel neck going on there. It's, uh, anyway, poor George. Uh, poor George. I feel bad for him. But but yeah, no. So Joe John. Kind of like, and I remember going into Jurassic Park three, think, oh, oh, the dude that came up with Boba Fett. <laughs> I just, I, I was a knucklehead at that uh, point, but that movie's no, not good. No, it's not. I mean, I don't hate it. Okay, it's like I said, it's like I said when when we were doing the solo review, I was it's compared to two. It's like if it's on and I got nothing better to do, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I, I rewatched it uh, last week to prepare for this and yeah there's like there's a lot of stuff that's like oh that's dumb that is bad yeah see, like like the only thing about that i enjoyed was the spinosaurus mm-hmm. 
I, I just, one of the things that, that sticks out in my memory the most, and I don't want to dwell on Jurassic Park 3 for too terribly long, but that, that um, one of the things that makes Spielberg a brilliant director is that he knows how to hide limitations of special effects. There's a reason why so much of Jurassic Park takes place at night in the rain. That hides a lot of the limitations of the brilliant, um, you know, a brilliant puppet will only get you so far. Um, somebody forgot to turn down the lights in Jurassic Park 3. Those uh, those brightly colored puppets look pretty uh, not okay in the in the stark daylight. There's there's nowhere to hide. Right. And I and I think that's part of the problem with uh, with that movie for for me at least. But I I totally digress. Right. And so it wasn't until 14 years later we got Jurassic World in 2015. Now, would you say that Jurassic Park 3 is kind of like the Batman and Robin of the uh, of the Jurassic Park franchise? Did it kind of kill kill things off? It's 14 years is a is a long stretch. Yeah, that that'd probably be a fair assessment. Yeah. That just popped into my head. But oddly enough, I I think Jurassic Park 3's been gaining in uh, fandom. Interesting, huh? Because it because it, it does have its fans like or its defenders. Hmm. Interesting. A lot of people really like that Spinosaurus. Are you one of them? Are you a Spinosaurus apologist? No. I, I like the Spinosaurus as a dinosaur. Yeah, but it's not. It didn't save the movie. No. Yeah. Well, and I think I think what what made it kind of off putting for me. It's so funny. I I just said a minute ago we weren't going to dwell on Jurassic Park three, but here we are. That I think they were trying to position the Spinosaurus as kind of like a a uh, replacement or upgrade. No, it, for it, the, it, not. A, yeah, I know where you're going. Like the replacement for the T Rex, but yeah. it was also the it was the antagonist dinosaur. Yeah. Well, not not it replaced not just the T Rex but also the Velociraptor in in in, in terms of being the the anti or the uh, Antagonist. Yeah, yeah, the the villain of the piece, if you will. It, oh, they totally fight each other in this one. I, I remember at the time where it was like, uh, you know, hey, you go and watch Jurassic Park 3? I don't know. Oh, but the dinosaurs fight each other this time. And I'm like, all right, fine, you sold me a ticket. <laughs> Wait, this time they fought? Two dinosaurs fought in the first movie. I know, I know. But that, but dumb kids, that was kind of like the hook there. It's like, oh, but they fight. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll go well, to the- dinosaurs fighting, that's a that's a... That's a good selling point for a kid. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so, uh, yeah, Jurassic World. Uh, <laughs> I went into that movie uh, remembering Jurassic Park 3. is like, oh, this is probably going to be bad. I'm probably going to hate it. But I ended up uh, falling in love with it. Mm-hmm. Like It recaptured so much of the magic for me from Jurassic Park. Yeah. But, but not, not to the same level of obsession, obviously, but it, sure. was, it was still was like, oh, the, this is... It just reminded me so much of '93. So it was like, it just got you right into childhood. Really? So, so it, it hit you that hard then? Yeah, I, I was definitely one of those people that were defending the movie. Interesting. I mean, because like I, when everybody's going on about the the uh, Claire running in high heels, it's like I, I was defending that. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it, it's kind of because I mean, like I I like Jurassic World okay. In fact, I I liked it quite a bit. But my thing was I I went to it from from a different place, and I think we've talked about this in our in some of our other episodes. But like I I looked at Jurassic World through the kaleidoscope of it being a slasher movie, 
And so I was I was pro dinosaur the entire time. Oh, okay. So like when we get into the third act and civilians are getting crossed off, I am just having a blast eating my popcorn. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it for that. And um and and that you know we we uh my wife and I we saw Jurassic World. Uh, we were uh we were on kind of like a, a weekend vacation in uh, uh, Wenatchee, I think, and we saw it in a uh it was like a vintage movie theater where. Like, you know, it had been a theater from like the 20s or something like that, uh, converted into a uh, a movie theater. And we really just kind of wanted to get out of the heat because it was triple digits that day. And we're like, you know, we're going to watch Jurassic World anyway. I mean, this was like a week or two after it was out. And yeah, we just I mean, we we sat in the air conditioning in this vintage movie theater that we had never been to before and and just had a blast with it. It was it was a it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't personally think that Jurassic World objectively is an especially good movie, but it's a lot of fun. I, I don't I don't have a lot of problems with it. And I think maybe that's where you and I occasionally kind of part ways because I I look at, you know, I mean, going back to the genesis of even back to like Shitlords and Friends and some of the stuff that we used to do, you know, two, three years ago or more, we were always promising this uh, Jurassic World oh, right. versus Force Awakens type movie. Yeah, all because we were disagreeing on how much of a remake Jurassic World was versus... Uh, uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I I remember there were times that like you know you would you would you would get pretty animated about and not animated adamant about like you know Jurassic World isn't a remake of Jurassic Park because of this plot point and that that uh, plot point and these characters and yeah, that my, motivation my, and you know the park is already open and yeah, where I was coming from where it was it was more it had winks and nods to the original yeah. Whereas Force Awakens just rehashed plot points. That that that's where I was coming from. Yeah, and and that's a fair assessment. And I I I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I just, in addition to that, I feel that there's there's enough similar DNA in both movies to where there I I feel like not necessarily in plot or execution, but from like a nostalgia standpoint, they're both accomplishing the same things. Right. Um, well. God, I can't remember what YouTube channel I was watching, mm-hmm. but they were covering aliens. Oh. And they, okay. they brought up how sequels are more or less remakes of their original. Sure. Because Aliens has a lot of similar uh, story elements to Alien. Yeah. But, but they're, they're different enough that they don't feel like the same movie. Yeah, see, and and it's it's interesting to bring this back around to what we were talking about about an hour ago with Rocky. Is I I feel the same thing about that. Is like you know, you've um there there's enough differences. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of difference in tone and style between Rocky two and Rocky three. You you have a real movie, and then you then you're doing summer popcorn blockbusters, and I mean to me that that's always what. Uh, Alien and Aliens feels like because, you know, Alien is a horror movie that just happens to have some sci-fi tropes to it, whereas Aliens is a balls-to-the-wall sci-fi action movie with, with some horror elements. Right. Um, so I think that's that's kind of the the template to where you do um, really good sequels. I think I think that's why Star Wars and Empire work so well together because you have those those tonal shifts. 
um, right. things right. like that. But, but anyway, I'm I'm get, getting pretty far afield. On so that. Uh, yeah, Jurassic World it set records. Mm-hmm. It was temporarily the top grossing movie yep. until Force Awakens came out. <laughs> uh, that that was gonna happen. That that was the same year, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, see, that's that's why I think we were we're so honing in on some of that argument and discussion because it's yeah, the like, movies were both fresh. Yeah, they they were both fresh. They came out uh, the same year, around the same time, and again, kind of tapped into that same nostalgia vein. Interesting. So, huh. so yeah, uh, Jurassic World. It definitely it's set up for sequels, but I don't know if it, they intended to make sequels. Yeah, I think. From from what I understood is uh, well actually no there there was there was a lot of talk like um, even even getting into Fallen Kingdom kind of getting a just a just a titch ahead is that like that this was supposed to be like a trilogy but it was also kind of where it could stand alone by itself also I I I, I don't have the attribution in front of me but it was like Jurassic World I think stands alone. As a decent movie, you can watch it by itself, right? And it's totally fine. Um, it does have some bullshit sequel setup stuff in it, but it's but it's not like it ends on an unresolved cliffhanger. It's not like the Super Mario Brothers movie where it's like, oh. you know, you know, you're not going to believe this um, uh, to a, a sequel that we're never going to get, or or even more egregiously, uh, the the exact same ending for both uh, Independence Day Resurgence and. Pacific Pacific Rim Uprising. We're going to take the fight to them and kick some alien ass. You're, oh, I, I totally forgot about that. That is so dumb. Because you're not getting sequels to any of those movies. But but yeah, I mean, I think I think Jurassic World did a, a good job of reinvigorating the franchise, getting people interested in this uh, situation, scenario, uh, you know, this type of storytelling, um, and then to propel it forward. Yeah, Universal definitely cashed in at the right time for this uh, reviving old franchises cr- trend that's yeah. been going on for however many years now. Well, and it, and it's uh, you know this is kind of an indictment on on Hollywood in itself. I wonder when the snake is going to fully eat its own tail because now we're kind of like in the height of nostalgia culture. Well, how how long did it take before uh, uh, remakes stopped being a thing? Because I remember there was a time where you saw tons of remakes. True, um, I, I don't I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Right. Um, I yeah I I, I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe we'll see with uh, Star how Episode Nine does because Star Wars seems to be the trendsetter. Yeah, for, for good or ill. Yeah. Um. You know, and and now that you know, with other news out there about like apparently they're putting the anthology stories on hold to focus on Episode Nine, whatever. I so I I don't I don't know what's going to happen in terms of like you know setting the trend. Um. I I wonder if the nostalgia bubble is going to pop or if it's or if it's just going to continue like we were talking about creed 2 earlier and it's you know it's tapping into you know people that hey you like that rocky 4 well guess what you know creed was a real movie but look at this you know that this this is just going to be goofy i i don't expect it to be good but i think it's going to be fun right you know to uh um you know kind of kind of sully that a little bit but yeah i i, I don't know so uh, let's segue to the second part of what we were going to talk about, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Hey, do you want to hear part of a trailer? Okay. 
I'm okay. Eleven species. Blue is the last of her kind. You'll never capture her. We thought you might know someone who could help. A rescue op? What could go wrong? Hey, Blue. You know me. Come with me. You know you can't stay here. Back your men up right now. It was all a lie! The man who proved raptors can follow orders. You never thought how many millions a trained predator might be once? They're gonna sell them. Not blue. They need it for something else. What is that thing? They made it. This is the most dangerous creature that ever walked the earth. I say we shut this whole thing down. Hey, girl. You think what I'm thinking? Genetic power has now been unleashed. You can't put it back in the box. <laughs> Blue! If I don't make it back... Remember, you're the one who made me come here. I'll be all right. These creatures were here before us. And if we're not careful, they're gonna be here after. Welcome to Jurassic World. Holy shit, that's a long trailer. <laughs> Part of the trailer, my ass. Yeah, I know. That was right? the whole thing. Well, and it's like, well, I didn't know when to pull it down. I was originally going to pull it down right about the time when uh, when when Owen says, you know, just uh, just remember, I'm here because of you. So now, and and so Killing Spree, I, I am here because of you. Oh, you, this, you, you could have said no. Oh, this movie. You could have said no. Uh, but uh, where's the fun in that, though? Well, speaking of fun, uh, Mike, <laughs> why do you hate fun? I like fun. I mean, kinda sometimes. Um, this movie is not fun. This movie is oh come dumb. on. This movie is aggressively stupid. So okay, so so be- you're gonna have to provide examples then, because uh, I. All right, so it has its moments where it's like, oh come on, this is stupid. But overall, it did not hurt my experience seeing this movie. All right, so that's a good place to start. You you like it okay. You had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, 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 go ahead. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to try. I, li- I like this the same reason I like Rampage so much. Like it was it was Ooh. fun. Ooh, ooh. I I will watch Rampage a million times over before I watch Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom again. I'm never going to watch this movie again. Oh, you're you're. you're. I'm that shame sal- on you. I am that salty about it. Well, <laughs> that I like. I like The Rock. Also, he's a so um so. So what's now, wrong with Chris Pratt? So now now that we okay well <laughs> um all right all right before we tumble off the rails here um do you have some stats or something that you want to start uh, us off with? Well, 
Because I on I, a budget of 170 million worldwide, it's grossed 943 million. That's a lot of money. So a lot. Yeah, of- yeah for a movie that's being panned so hard, it's doing well. Well, and it's interesting because I I don't know how hard it's being panned actually. Well, if you're going by Rotten Tomatoes as a as your standard, this is last I checked, Fallen Kingdom is rated worse among critics than Jurassic Park three. That checks out. <laughs> Up yours <laughs> because I mean that that's I mean because it's like got like seventy percent or something like that, and that's still above passing. I thought Fallen Kingdom no, it's got uh, it's fifty. Oh really? Oh, that's funny. Because yeah, well, actually, all the sequels are rated rotten. Like a, you know, I I uh, I throw a lot of shade towards Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's. It, or not it, take that back. Jurassic World is rated uh, in the nineties. It's just oh, Lost right. World, Jurassic Park three, and Fallen King. They're all like in the fifties. See, it, it's weird, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into this whole uh, Rotten Tomatoes because uh, we've uh, done it before. Sinkhole that yet yeah, that I wouldn't be able to pull myself out of. But yeah, on one hand, it proves popular consensus, but on the other hand, it's it's highly unreliable. But for what you're describing, kind of checks out. I think. Um, Please. All right. So, I, so they uh, have. Death Wish rated at eighteen percent. I <laughs> love that movie. That movie was fun. Well, okay, so so um, I'll save. And me. they also rate uh, Last Jedi as certified fresh. Yeah, in like the nineties, and I see. You know, it's so they much- also have the Ghostbusters remake certified fresh. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes is full of shit. You should nobody should trust it. And I, whenever somebody goes off of Rotten Tomatoes yeah. of whether or not they'll see a movie, I'm just like. Ar, ar, were you dropped on your head as a child? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think um, I, I think the best way, because you, you wanted specific examples, and I think the only way that we could do that is if we run through this plot real quick, because it's terrible. And oh, it, come on. The, the, first, the, the opening sequence was great. I agree with you 100%. That's and that that might be the last thing we agree on because I really enjoyed that opening sequence. You know, it's uh um it's at night, it's in the rain, there's a little bit of tension and it kind of establishes some stakes in that like, you know, you have The Mosasaur o- got out. Yeah, and and that kind of doesn't really come to anything and it's just like a throwaway scene towards the end of the movie. Well, it, it's a, it's just a setup for what's to come in the third movie. Yeah, and we're I I, I want to I don't want to dwell on that now because I want to ask you your opinions and thoughts on that, but I don't want to get distracted. But yeah, no that that uh, that that first scene was was pretty cool. Uh, lots of good tension, and there's um um so so the director on this movie is uh what's his he's like A P something. I had it in front of me. J A Bayona. Yeah. I can't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. I don't know who this guy is, but he's he's no Steven Spielberg, and it, it uh, it's weird because like the Jurassic World was uh, directed by somebody called uh, uh, Colin Tevereaux, and you know a competent competently made movie. It's fine enough. He wrote this movie. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does smeared streaks on the wall and all that, but no, it's um. I I thought he was going to direct this movie. I don't know what happened. I think uh, him being tied to Star Wars happened. Well, it, oh, good point. Because he was going to direct Episode Nine, and so now and he, Kennedy axed him, and now he's going to be back for the third Jurassic World. 
Oh, okay. So that's confirmed. Yeah. So, it's happening. So at least then with this trilogy, it will at least be a somewhat complete vision from this one guy, maybe? Question mark? I don't know. I, I haven't I know. been hearing much about okay. what the sequel is going to be. Uh, just this is what, the, what he has in mind for tone. Gotcha. Oh, okay. All right. So, so let's come back to that because I, I don't want to. I don't want to get lost. So, so let's let's start after after the cold open. So you know, it's the <laughs> it's uh you know we have the the Senate hearing. There's going to be a volcano, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum shows up. For- well, yeah, they're debating whether or not to intervene or let nature take its course. Yeah, so the the volcano is going to destroy Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. I don't. Care. Oh, there's going to be a lot of that. You're like, get it right, motherfucker. So it's not that hard to pronounce. It's not. It's not. I keep forgetting. So is that second island okay? No. Oh, okay. Well, because Isla Sorna, like Isla Nublar, is a volcanic island. Okay. And uh, this isn't head canon. They say so in the Lost World because. Uh, Remember when they go to the uh, compound to get for, call for help? They restart the communication center. Yes, they they were able to do that because uh, that facility ran on ge- geothermal power. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's been established that these are volcanic islands. Got it. So, and in, in the Jurassic Park novel, Isla uh-huh. or the volcanic properties of Isla Nublar plays a part in the book. Oh, okay. It it's been. A very long time since I've read the book, and incidentally, I forgot. It's to just like all this. the other sequels; uh, they or they lift stuff from the the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I read the book uh, too young. I think it was it was a little dense for me, and I, I remember not comprehending as much. Yeah, I tried to read it in like third or fourth grade, and it was like I don't understand yeah. any of this. Yeah, so like you know, uh, I I don't want to be a total hipster and say, hey, I read the book. Well, I did read the book, but in truth, I didn't. I j- I just remember the the more grisly deaths and some of the deviations from the movie with in terms of like who makes it out and who doesn't. Right. So, uh, but anyway, sorry, I, I forgot to mention that during the uh, thing. But but we start off with uh you know so there's this volcanic threat and then you you have. You have our 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 plucky hero, uh, the uh, Claire. Yeah, so so she's running some kind of dinosaur SJW camp or something. It's not an SJW camp. What? It's it's a well, think of it like to save the whales, people. Yeah, those people are knuckleheads too. So I mean, but, well, I mean they're 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 activists in trying to save these animals from extinction, just like any other animal that's up for extinction now. See, and and this begins the problem for me. Okay, because. I I and this plays out a lot in some of the imagery that that bothered me in this movie but I don't like that we're treating dinosaurs as animals. Like They are animals. See, I Grant I, says so in the first movie when Lex is like the, she calls like the brachiosaur in that scene where they're in the top of the tree she's like mm-hmm. go away monsters whatever it's like Grant corrects her he's like they're not monsters they're just animals. Okay, see so Dr. Grant needs to to set me aside then because I'm I'm team monster. 
because because of the way that they're presented in everything outside of Jurassic Park, the first one. Because, I mean, like I said, I now granted, this is my mindset, and I'm not going to die on this hill because it's I'm not going to say I'm right and anybody's wrong, but it just it just speaks to my headspace. I was going to say, the only mon- the dinosaurs in this movie that behave like monsters is the Indominus Rex and the Indoraptor. That's it. Right. The others act like animals. Yeah, I just I I I found I found that that first plot point of you know we're gonna save the whales we're gonna save the dinosaurs is, is kind of off putting, and immediately our first introduction to Claire is focusing on her feet. I swear that Quentin Tarantino shot part of this movie because we're spending a lot of establishing shots showing that she's wearing boots. Well, I think that was more of a. To say, all right, we get it. Shut the fuck up to everybody who was bitching and moaning about the the running in high heels in Jurassic World. Which, by the way, it's not hard to outrun a T-Rex in high heels when the T-Rex doesn't actually run. Watch the damn movie. It does not run. <laughs> but I just, I, I, I found that very annoying. Um, and all of the people in this activist compound are incredibly irritating. Everybody in this movie is incredibly irritating. Um, well, you just hate people, so I don't know what your deal this is. is Get off your lawn. Well, but but here's, <laughs> here's the thing also. Um, nobody's good here. Like, Chris Pratt is funny and charming, and he's none of these things in this movie. You know, Bryce Dallas Howard can... What okay- movie did you watch? All the, all the funny stuff would... When, when I saw I saw this movie twice already, and yeah, every twice. every both times when the the jokes come up for uh, Pratt scenes, everybody in the theater laughs. Everybody gets it. Really, everybody was having fun. So when he's like, I'm "You're just a sourpuss." I'm okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I am a sourpuss, and I'll own that. But yeah, that's no, no. I mean, because like, every, to me, all of the performances feel phoned in. Everybody's phoning it in. Nobody is good here. Um, and so, okay, so... Are we just going to end up peeling the layers back and reveal you just hate Chris Pratt like you do Willis? But I don't <laughs> hate Chris Pratt, though. I, I am pro-Chris. I am team Chris. When when he when he got that divorce or something, I thought, here's my chance. No, <laughs> I didn't think that at all. But, but, but you get the... No, I... I, I but this, this movie in particular really wants him to be Harrison Ford real, real bad. Um, I mean, because, I mean, like, we see him running down the exact same hill that Indiana Jones run, ran down doing the same thing. I mean, it's like they're they're just trying really hard to position him as kind of that, that next action hero well, Harrison I, Ford type. I person. saw that as just kind of paying or making references to other movies because Spielberg did that with uh, – the San Diego scene in, in The Lost World. Like, you had Godzilla reference, you had a King Kong reference, you had the original uh, silent black and white Lost World reference. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Better uh, movie. <laughs> I mean, because it reminds me, like, when uh, you were sharing your trading cards with me, those those uh, um, Topps trading cards, I kept looking at the images, like, of, of the T-Rex and the Velociraptor and the Dilophosaurus, and I was like... I'd rather be watching that movie. I want to watch that movie. Um, but no, so then, so after uh, we, we get introduced, we get like some major retconning here. 
And this is so I'm All right, what Rick Connie? So I'm already mad about like the activism people and the Senate hearings and I'm just I'm not feeling any of this plot. Then we're introduced to uh uh James Cromwell's character who is Lockwood. Yeah, who is totally slumming it here. And they um they establish that he and Hammond were partners and like Yeah, well this- be- well before the Jurassic Park incident. Like they parted ways way before that happened. Yeah, and I um So how's that a retcon? That's how's that any different than uh something that was introduced that happened like in the prequels, but it was never mentioned in the the original OT, but it didn't really play a role in the OT or this revelation. Well, uh primarily that those are prequels and this is a sequel. Now, I I don't but I mean, I mean, just to speak to that specifically, that okay. that's well, that's bad example. But, but how is this a retcon? Because, well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but anything where you're ab- what what retcon is is retroactive continuity. So they're they're saying that this was a thing, and there's never been any mention of it. It's like this is a thing from like the books that I don't remember. Or no, but uh, by that logic, then isn't all the dinosaurs in the Lost World a retcon? Because you yes. never see any of the dinosaurs there, but you, they, there's plenty of evidence to suggest they have more dinosaurs along the way. They just haven't made them, or they're in the process of making them. Yes. Because the park was, wasn't even fully built yet. Right. So, yeah, so by that logic, yes, uh, the Lost, Lost World does introduce... Ra- I don't know, that, that, that seems like a really nitpicky nitpick. I didn't say it wasn't nitpicking, nitpicking. I'm just saying I I didn't like it, and I thought it was clumsy storytelling because, like, this whole thing with this Lockwood guy and everything that happens because of it is is nonsense. It, it's Bleh. it's dumb. It's so dumb. Um. Oh yeah, I f- we we forgot to give a spoiler warning somewhere. Whatever. Oh, we're talking about a damn movie. Of course, we're going to spoil it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so it's, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of. We are not responsible for keeping people unspoiled. Fair enough. Well, that's the way I see with spoilers. Is like when people get pissy online. Like you mm-hmm. just spoiled this movie for me. He's like, you didn't have to read. True. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, so yeah. So so the the Lockwood people uh, convince Claire that no, they they give her. The, the mode and opportunity and say, hey, you know, go save these these dinosaurs and I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's falling apart very quickly. But anyway, so Claire gets involved and they're just like, well, uh, you know, like, like we heard in the trailer, um, you know, apparently Blue is still alive. Um, go find the guy that's the only guy that can find this particular dinosaur. So uh, for me, it's all just plot contrivances. I, I just I well, who who else would be able to get blue without having to harm her? Like uh, Owen could have. Oh, I, I I don't disagree with that. I just I I don't. I mean, Owen I, being that there makes. Total more or more sense than Claire being there because Claire oh sure ne- didn't necessarily have to be there like anyone else that worked at the park in the control room could have done what she, what she was supposed to do. 
I, I, I don't agree. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't disagree. I, I misspoke. Um, I don't disagree with you on that. I just, I my my problems are more fundamental in that just how the plot of this is set up. I, I remember that um, going into it, we were watching some of the trailers and we were unsure of, you know, how spoiled, how, how spoiled we wanted to get about it. And I remember like when we were first talking about Fallen Kingdom, I was like, this looks a lot like the Lost World. I think I think it's going to be kind of a rehash of the Lost World. And in a lot of ways, it kind of is. There's a lot of ways that it's not. I'm not going to say. I was going to say it's barely a rehash of the Lost World. Right, right. And again, I don't disagree with that, but this this is like three movies. This isn't like one movie, I think, because like you have like the island stuff, then you have the whole draggy, saggy second act, and then of course you have the climax, which for me isn't really nearly satisfying enough to, to really be anything of merit. I think this movie shoots its load way early. Um, I, I will also I, say... I disagree full-heartedly on that. Okay, alright. And and that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. See, yeah, don't just, don't just let me have my, have my bullshit just uh, swinging out there, but I, I just... I don't know. I, I think it's just a lot of paint by numbers, you know, like the whole thing where Claire goes to find Owen. We find out that they had, uh, you know, previously had a relationship and stuff. And and again, I'm just I'm I'm. T- well, we knew they had a relationship in Jurassic World. Oh, really? Oh, see, yeah. Remember when they they were ta- when uh, uh, when she goes to get Owens to inspect yeah. the Indominus pen uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and they talk about their date or their that she, she was just like, who goes to a date in cargo shorts? And he's like, it's the, it's Costa Rica. It's hot. That's right. That's right. I, I had forgotten about that. So, so are they are they referring to the same thing then? Um, not that it really matters because like for for well because at the end of the movie they kind of, they get together. Uh huh. And oh right, okay. and they just it didn't work out. Kind of like a uh, Luke or not Luke, uh, Han and Leia. Didn't right. work out. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, probably probably one of the more realistic aspects of of uh, the sequel trilogy. But there, but that's neither here nor there. Um. Anyway, so I mean, like for me, that that whole thing, it's just like you're watching two people with no chemistry whatsoever. There's just I there I well, just that's probably why they broke up. They don't they don't mesh well. <laughs> that's hardly a justification for terrible acting, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. I've seen worse. Come on now. Of, co- of course, I have seen worse, but it, that doesn't make it good. I didn't. So oh, whatever. Okay, so okay, so why why does Owen go with them? Because he's watching the, uh, the some footage of him w- with the Raptors when they're babies mm-hmm. or juvenile or infants, whatever you want to say. And he, he just kind of he just starts feeling guilty. He's like, oh, I should probably save her. God damn it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah. Like uh, he, the the power of nostalgia is strong. Those those uh, what clip- nostalgia? Jurassic Park or Jurassic World? Not that old. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean for the the character. I mean, oh, for, okay. for Owen. I'm I'm trying to trying to figure out his character motivations because it seems to me Cause, cause that he's, he whether he wants to admit it or not, he is attached to Blue. So that that's why he he agrees to go yeah i just i i was having a hard time with that it's like why what what's what's and 
I don't know. So okay, so so they go on like this this uh, bullshit rescue operation that surprise surprise to the surprise of exactly nobody because it was totally spoiled in the trailers, but uh, it turns out to be not a rescue mission. Okay. That part, I guess I'm okay with. And I guess I'm okay with even to the point where Owen finds Blue and they connect. And even that scene that we heard in the trailer where, you know, they start tranking her and all of that other stuff. Here's where my my problem is. Um, These are the worst mercenaries ever. So they're supposed to take all of these these dinosaurs right mm-hmm. you know for because like the 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 secretly evil guy who uh you can smell a mile away is secretly evil um bt dubs <laughs> um uh but anyway like so so they 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 take the dinosaurs and um there's it's, it's supposed to be kind of like a clean sweep no no witnesses type thing so to do that, they tranquilize Owen, thinking that the hot lava is going to take care of him, and then they lock uh, uh, Claire and what's his nuts in the in the uh, uh, bunker thing, thinking that lava is going to take care of them. Well, how, how do how do none of these people have bullets in their heads? H- help me out with that because that that's ridiculous. It. Admittedly, it's plot convenience, and what movie doesn't do that? All right, all right. I mean, well, well let's take a Jurassic Park for example. Okay. When uh, uh, when Grant pulls Lex out of the uh, the the overturned car, and mm-hmm. she sees the T Rex, she screams. Grant's like, "Quiet, don't move." The T Rex is like a its face is a foot away from them. Yeah, yeah. How could it not smell them? Sure, and so I mean, every. Even the best movies have that problem, or can have that problem. But, it, but see, my problem, I think, is deeper, because for me, this kind of goes throughout, throughout the entire movie. Like, I mean, again, like what you said about Jurassic Park, that's that's a very forgivable uh, plot contrivance thing, because you need plot contrivances to, you know... Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, every James Bond movie is guilty of this. Sure. But here here's the thing and I see I see the pattern of where this is going. I don't I don't know if comparing and contrasting with other movies makes this movie any no, less No, that's stupid, not what I'm though. that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say that the what this movie's guilty of and everybody's focusing on all the every other movie is guilty of it. So why does oh, why okay. do they get a free pass? Ah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, see, and I and I, I I can't speak to that without slipping off of a huge tangent. I, I guess to that briefly, I would just say that doesn't necessarily give it a free pass. That just makes this dumb. Like that, the the whole uh, um, uh, getting away from the lava sequence. That was cringeworthy, man. Where like you know he Owen is waking up from from the from the stuff, and he has to like throw his Novocaine limbs over this log, and this log is gonna protect him from the lava. That was all incredibly stupid. He wasn't trying to protect him; he was just trying to get away from the lava. Yeah, but that, that, that's my point. The whole sequence was dumb. It's just dumb. I thought it was fine. Uh, okay. I mean, at, at both screenings, everybody was. Getting a kick out of it. People were laughing at that, getting a, having fun with that. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! All well, right. Why do you hate fun? 
<laughs> <laughs> well, you know what what chips away at my my hating of fun is irritating characters. Cuz like I got so fixated on the plot that I forgot to talk about the uh the single most irritating character in uh in cinema history. This 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 kid, this Franklin kid. Oh man. Oh man. Are you just salty because you're an IT guy and you and this guy's an IT and he's just He's like, oh, this is so wrong, that kind of thing. There was a little bit of that, quite honestly. But yeah, no, just uh, it was kind of funny because you, you might be tapping into something because I think it was, you know, I, I'm looking at like these these darn sensitive millenniums and their and their seven dollar coffees and and no plastic straws and all that other. Anyway, it just I, I think that that character plays way too hard into way too many stereotypes you know uh stereotypes of millenniums stereotypes of it people um uh stereotypes of uh nerdy people or whatever i just i the kid was a cartoon and not well, can i just say way. as a someone who's technically a millennial i i appreciate those pot shots All right. at millennials in general See, because and and somebody that's kind of like on 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 the on the barely flip side. I mean, you know, if I take a hard look at a calendar, just like you have with realizing that you're one of them, uh, one of them millenniums. I, I'm saying that incorrectly for comedic value, by the way. Um, I I you know I like to plant my flag in the Gen X camp, but if I look at my birth calendar, I'm barely there. Like like a uh, a year to the other side, I I'd be right in Camp Millennium with you. So um, anyway, I just I don't know. It's it, it was an irritating character. I I'd rather see Rose in this movie than than this guy. Oh please, that, Ro- Rose didn't fuck over. <laughs> it guy didn't fuck over the entire crew. Unlike Rose. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, you, you, okay, I, I fair <laughs> enough. I'll, I'll I'll let the comparison stand. But yeah, no, just I I don't know all of the stuff that that we're doing with the uh, um, the the cheap thrills with trying to you know create uh, tension with you know the incoming lava and and the thing that that I didn't like was we are way fetishizing the T-Rex too much in that it was like, is it a T-Rex? Is it a T-Rex? I mean, like if, if I made a drinking game where I had to say, is if somebody said, is well, that the a T-Rex is like one of the most iconic dinosaurs, period. Not just for Jurassic Park, but just in general. I agree. And I think that kind of cheapens the value of it. I, I disagree full heartedly. Every time okay. that T-Rex popped up, it was just kind of like, awesome. This is, I'm loving this. No, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I, um, I, I may have may. Oh, have you're, you're talking about with the uh, the dialogue. Oh, leading up to the the baryonyx attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's what I. And I don't. I know. thought I, that was fine. I, I just figured right. like he's he's flipping out because T Rex is obviously one of the more dangerous dinosaurs sure. and the biggest one or biggest predator there. <laughs> so he's just freaking out because he's a he's a cowardly character. Right. So it just says, no, it's not the T-Rex. It's something just as deadly. Yeah, and... um I one of, one of the the flourishes that I did like uh, from a directing and cinematography standpoint was the 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 use of uh, shadow and light and flashes. Like you see it in the opening uh, scene in the movie where like the lightning strikes and you see the T Rex kind of like I really liked that and and that does kind of play here where you're looking down the dark tube and then like the the uh, lava kind of spills a little bit. Yeah, and you just get an outline of the. Bear. Baryonyx. 
I thought that was pretty rad, actually. Um, I mean, because yeah, I mean, I think this movie's stupid, but there was there was a there was a, a thing or two that I liked, and I um, I really enjoyed the uh, you know the the escape sequence. You know where they're where they're running for their lives and the and the. Uh, but a minute ago, you're criticizing the whole uh, Chris Pratt running down part of the uh, escape scene. It could be two things. <laughs> All right. It, um, but yeah, no, I I did like that scene. Um, you know, like the the you know even the peril where they're in the bubble and all that. I mean, all that was totally fine. But one thing I want wanted to talk about with uh, with regards to the T Rex, and I noticed this throughout my watching it. Is it just me, or is the T Rex as per, uh, portrayed here in Fallen Kingdom? Is it um small? Because I was no. like, that, I was like, that T Rex looks awfully small. Well, I don't know if dinosaurs get smaller as they age, but this is the same T Rex from Jurassic Park. I don't know if I knew that. No, yeah, and the the uh, promo stuff for Jurassic uh-huh. World, they outright said, yes, this is the same T Rex. Like. It, if you look at the uh-huh. stills of the T-Rex, there's scarring on her face and neck uh-huh. that match up with where the her her fight with the Velociraptor in the first movie. Holy crap! Because I saw that and I did not put two and two together. That uh that that's a serious hit to my credibility there because I I did. It's not... the dice all over again. Oh my god! <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that's that's actually pretty rad but it's it's weird though because like yeah it just kind of like create i i don't know if it was just how she was presented in scale uh but it was it was just like she looks kind of small i i just uh, i thought it was weird it's not a criticism it was just like a weird she might not be she might have been thinner but Maybe. you could you could probably chalk that up to the dinosaurs are there's limited food for them absolutely um so yeah so so let's talk about the uh the uh the uh escape from the volcano so um and and this kind of gets into one of the things that i didn't necessarily care for in the uh portrayal of the uh of the animals i'll stop calling them monsters there i'll 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 understand that within context but i um i i don't i I, I'm cool with dinosaurs fighting, but I I don't need to see uh, dinosaurs drowning. I didn't care for that imagery, and it and it kind of it bothered me. Like in a way, like like in the way that I wasn't sure how to feel because well, you're I, supposed to feel bad for them because most of them can't swim, right? And and, and that, as as a moviegoer, I'm like, but I. I, I don't know. It just it, it really bothered me um, because I, I don't know how much empathy I'm supposed to have for these creatures, because if you have too much empathy for them, how are you supposed to feel when the pendulum swings the other way and we get into the third act? And, you know, these, the, you know, well, the, the difference is, is the, the well, in the third act, the dinosaurs are attacking bad people. They're not attacking innocent civilians or they're not attacking our well, one of them. Is attacking the heroes, but sure. but yeah, they're mostly killing off baddies. So yeah, you, okay. It's not like with a slasher flick where they're you're rooting for the baddie killing innocent people. See, and and that's you know maybe this just speaks to my mindset. It's not it's not a criticism of the movie. I'm just I'm just expressing my viewpoint in that again. It it it, it troubled me to where it it kind of 
started to sour my experience. I mean, I had already groaned quite a bit through. I'm like, come on, man. God damn it. Is this what we're doing? But but aside from that, and I'm just like, well, and now this movie is trying to manipulate me to feel bad for these computer generated animals. I, I don't, well, couldn't you I, say the I same don't thing know for, if I like this. Well, couldn't you say the same thing for any other movie that has a puppet or a computer animation thing that you're supposed to feel bad for and you do feel bad for like a like E.T. Like, it's just a puppet. Why are you supposed to feel bad for a puppet? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think it's it's the nature of my connection to the creatures, for, okay. for lack of a better term. Because as I had shared earlier, I mean, just trying to keep myself consistent, I kind of viewed Jurassic World as kind of like a slasher movie where I was like rooting for the dinosaurs for maybe the wrong reasons. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so to see that kind of go down the way they did it, it... It, uh, um, also, the, the, the dinosaurs were seen drowning. They're not the antagonist dinosaurs like the T-Rex, Velociraptors, or whatever. They're they're mostly uh, herbivores. See, and I think that's why it bothered me, too. These are kind of like, you know, uh, for, I mean, to, to push it even further, innocent victims. And, and I just, I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't know. It worked for me. All right. He's like, he's like, drown those fuckers. No, I'm not saying drown those fuckers. It's like, no, it's like, I feel bad for what's happening to these dinosaurs. They didn't do anything wrong. Well, see, and here's the thing. It's like, so to take that even further, how bad as an audience are we supposed to feel about the entire situation with the volcano? And, and are, are we supposed to side with, with Claire and her animal rights activists? Yes, or? yes. You're supposed to side with the good guys okay so then okay so then then help me out with this here is 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 uh is ian malcolm turning heel here then because he's he's like he's like let them die well it's like with uh oh god who was i think it was like Peter or something they Uh it was like there was some polar bear that got rescued or whatever and and peter was kind of at least i think it was peter i'm might be off base here they're Saying let it die, let nature take its course. We aren't. We're not supposed to interfere with, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, nature. That, that's always been Ian's thing. It's like leave nature alone, right? Like, and he's just, he 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 knows nothing good can happen of taking the dinosaurs off the island. Right, and that's kind of the conceit of this entire movie, and that will propel this entire story going forward. Well, it's kind of so. But it's playing to what do you do? Do you save these animals, or from going extinct, or do you let nature do its thing? Like, do you intervene, or do you leave it alone? And and I guess for me, I I don't like well, like like, a, like what a sick dog. Do you do you do you try to save the dog, or do you let it die? Yeah, see, and 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 I don't know if, as an audience member for a summer blockbuster movie, that I want to be asked those questions. I I don't like that this movie is making me choose like that. So you you either choose Ian Malcolm's perspective, who has been a hero of two of these movies, or you know, it's I I don't know. It's just it it, he, he, it really it really kind of frustrated my my uh, viewing experience. He's not the he's not a villain in this movie. He's just kind of like the the voice of reason. Right. So so at that point, yeah, I mean, then your movie needs to be 7 minutes long because that should be the end of it. You let them die on the island. 
And but but that doesn't mean I want to watch it. It's it's and and that and that gets into another. But you're still going to have people that would try to harvest the the animals for their own uh, greed, right? Which, which that that aspect of the plot totally makes sense. So right, I, that's that's why they're uh, yep. the whole operation was allowed to happen is because of greed. And and I do completely understand that, and that does play into. I, I mean, yeah, if Mills didn't or Lockwood didn't say anything, those dinosaurs would have died off. Mm-hmm. So there's your movie. It's uh, bad guys trying to do bad things and tricking the good guys. All right. So so we we gotta we gotta talk about the super jump and the and the super ramp on the dock. So we, so we escape from the volcano, right? So yeah, we the, get... the the mercenaries are they're they packed up. They're they're shipping out. Yeah. So they get into a truck that's left on the dock. They drive, and a uh, a Hot Wheels ramp pops up underneath or something, and then they propel this jeep. No, what it was is on- it's the uh, it's the little ramp bridge that connects the boat to the dock. It's just when the boat leaves, the the ramp isn't pulled up. It's just kind of left there. So yeah, so so there's a bunch of problems here. One, the boat pulls away with the gangplank still dragging in the water. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? That that makes no sense because it's it's only there for them to jump their truck into, and and again, where 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 do they get forward propulsion to be able to jump off of this dock across this little bit of water into the boat? Doesn't make any sense. It's a Hollywood blockbuster. They're not supposed to make sense. It's just you're supposed to sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah, but this is especially stupid because you see it going at an upward angle as if on a ramp. That should have just drove straight into the water, straight down. They'd be right back in the water where they left off. But, but, and and none of the mercenaries see them? They see them. They're just uh, preoccupied with what happened next. Yeah, so, okay. So if if the uh, if the the so I'm already reeling from the drowning. I'm like I don't need this. I don't want this in my Jurassic Park movie. Then then you get to see this uh, this poor Brachiosaurus, this poor bastard Brachiosaurus, and and yeah, all the mercenaries have to have to watch this. And I don't know that that's that sequence really really bothered me. I I love the the, the, the Brachiosaur death scene. That that. Got me right in the feels, because not just the it's cries for help. Yeah, that, just, that get you. But when you when the when it's engulfed in the clouds and you see the fire. Yeah, uh, building a or, or making a silhouette of the brachiosaur, mm-hmm. you see it jump up on its hind legs, just like the brachiosaur in Jurassic Park. Right. So you just have a connection of the brachiosaur. It was it was the first dinosaur we got a good look at. Yep, when we when the, we the audience arrived at Isla Nubar, and we see the death of Isla Nubar through the Brachiosaur, mm-hmm. or same dinosaur, so it it just got me right in the feels. Ha! <sighs> Interesting. Interesting, because I mean it 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 got me in the feels also, but it was like I I felt like it was audience manipulation. It's like I I didn't I didn't like it because of the way it made me feel. That now. Again, that's separate. See, it's so weird because, like, a lot of my observations are kind of, like, in different parts. Like, there are things that bothered me that I didn't like that I'm not going to say are stupid. Like, the, the magic ramp, that's stupid. The brachiosaur thing just kind of 
unsettled me. So so I'm not I'm not saying that you was, didn't want to feel sad in your summer blockbuster. Exactly. Yeah, that's that you've nailed it. That's exactly it. It's like I don't want to feel this way. And and at no other point during the entire rest of the movie did I feel that way. It's there, there wasn't anything else in in that movie that, well, that it, made me feel like well, that did. Well, in the second act of a movie, aren't you supposed to kind of? It's supposed to be the the downer part, like everybody's or your main yeah. characters are they're facing their problem that they have to overcome. Yeah, and and apparently our character's problem is uh, not being detected by by a boatload of mercenaries, and and their solution to that is a, a convenient ball cap. It's very convenient. It's very convenient. It's activate stealth mode puts on John Deere cap. That it's it, it's cliche, but it it, yeah. it wasn't. I didn't think it was so bad that it took me out of the movie. Fair enough. Um, and, and again, at, at this point, I'm already out of the movie, so it's so. But you hate fun. I do. I <laughs> I hate fun dead. Um, so you know the the. Um, we were talking about the T-Rex a lot earlier, and so there's the whole blood transfusion sequence yes, uh, thing. Blue is bleeding out, or, well, she's not bleeding out, but the uh, vet, I can't remember her uh, actual title uh, in the movie. Oh, yeah, I, I think or her Or what her field is, is. Yeah, it's, I think it's ill-defined. <laughs> no, no, no it, it has a specific term, that, or they have a specific term for it. Now, now I'm trying okay. to find it. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm sure she has a... Sp- you know what? Her her character didn't bother me, bother me nearly as much as the, as the boy character. I mean, because she at least seemed to have like a degree of sass and moxie and, and uh, a level of competency. But she was still kind of annoying, like especially in like... The oh, first- yeah, here it is. Okay. Paleo veterinarian. Okay. Well, that actually makes sense. And that totally checks out with her function in the plot and even her function for how she doesn't end up in a uh, in a Batman 66 style death trap like our other heroes. But, on, on but yeah, the, she, she needs blood in order to pull the uh, bullet out of blue because yeah. she's going to lose blood when they're, they're going for it. So they got to do a transfusion. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk about this this T Rex thing because one, the, none of the jokes landed for me. I just I thought that entire sequence where we're crawling all over that poor puppet were just really cringeworthy. Um, but the puppet didn't look good to me. It, it reminded me of when I was watching Jurassic Park three, and remember I had mentioned earlier one of my criticisms of that was the the poor lighting. This the it I think that the the um, uh, T-Rex jump scare at the end of the Universal Studios ride looks better than this oh, T-Rex. Oh, come on. Oh, I mean, because, I mean, like, I, especially when it moves, it's like moving just back and forth. That's all we're doing. It's like, eh, it looked rickety as shit. I don't know what movie you saw. That, that puppet looked like garbage. Agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> Like I appreciate your conviction, comma I guess. Again, I'm not looking to convince you. I'm just, but yeah, no, I just, I that that whole sequence just didn't work for me. I didn't. I just, it just. All right, so um, oh fuck, where do we want to go from here? Uh, you know, so so the second act happens, and there's there's not really a whole lot I want to want to talk about with that, other than there's there's all kinds of acts of uh, bad acting and and uh, you know. <laughs> 
I just, I don't know. It, it's funny. A lot of the moments that bothered me, I got to relive when we when we listened to the trailer, and you know, uh, um, you know, poor uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in her in her thick mom jeans throwing throwing a fit with the sand. It's like, oh, they they, they lied to us. It just anyway. Um, so. I, I want to talk about kind of, I guess, like the next phase of this movie where we really find out what these dinosaurs are here for. And this is, I mean, motivationally, I guess this is the part of the movie I'm kind of OK with. Um, but then but then we're like doing auctions and and we get to um, now this is something where like, you know, since you're a huge fan and this is something you can set me straight on. When now I'm glad that BD Wong is still getting work, but um, I mean, I mean, Doctor Wu is officially a mustache twirling villain in these movies now, and I just don't remember him being like that in the earlier movies. Well, in the first movie, he had no character; he was just there. He was there, right? And but in the novel, he he's not totally villainous, but he's definitely kind of like he's out for himself. Okay. Or out for profit or to to advance what he's do his science. That that checks out. And but yeah, it was just I mean, so what one thing that threw me off is he is also on Gotham and he plays a character called uh, Hugo Strange and he is he's a mad scientist, literally like the muhahaha kind, like I'm a mustache twirling villain and I and I uh, when I was watching this I'm like he knows he's not on Gotham now, right? I think he walked onto the wrong set because he is just hamming it up with it with his super villainy, and I just I was. He not. did not strike me as super villain in this movie. Yeah, he, he, he just seemed more like a kind of like Doctor Frankenstein. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah. So um, oh, let's see. So I, I mean, I guess we have to talk about it at this point. Um, we have to talk about uh, the the auction and all of that now. And it's funny because like this auction is, is again it it. I swear that this is like the gathering of the Legion of Doom because all of these people, especially like that Russian guy, these are like actual like super villains it's like you know i'm waiting for like sinestro and the riddler and you know all these and black manta and all these other lame super villains to show up because everybody is I mean, again the acting in this movie is not good nobody is good here everybody is hamming it up and i think you know like there there's a lot of times where it's like I, I get a feeling like in like the green room or between cuts, they're like, is this a real movie? Nah, whatever. Just ham it the fuck up. I mean, like the bad guys hamming it the fuck up here. Eh. <laughs> I don't mind hammy villains. Maybe uh, you do. I don't know. Well, <laughs> but you're a Marvel fan or a comic book guy, so you should be eating this shit up. Well, but see, but it's for me, it's like it's like the context is wrong. It's like if you're telling me that this is a goofy comic book movie, but then don't make me cry well, about the Brachiosaurus earlier. You can't have it both ways, I don't think. Sure you can. I mean, I mean, that's that. that it could be both things. Ah, <laughs> touche. I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, no. So and then then we are uh, um, introduced 
to the Indoraptor, and or as I and I'm I'm stealing this. I wish I had grabbed the audio, but uh, from uh, um, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV's Reviews podcast, uh, a great podcast out of Australia. He uh, he referred to it as the Indocraptor throughout throughout their review. He's like more like the Indocraptor. This thing is stupid. I I hate the design. It looks ridiculous, and. I, d- I don't know. Now, remind me, how how high were you on the the Indominus from, from Jurassic World? Did you like it, not like it? I, or? Design-wise? Or, 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 just just, or just in general? I guess just in general. I, in general, I was all right with it because okay. the, they, they set it up, or the way they set it up, it's, you know, attendance is, or according to our focus groups, the, yeah. these animals could be more, or should be more exciting, so... A company being a company <laughs> responds by making something more exciting. Uh-huh. And you got the Indominus out of it. See, and I, I liked that the the plot reason. I mean, it was like, that's pretty clever. Well, I, plot I, reason I, for the Indoraptor is not, it's from Jura- uh, Jurassic World because the, the, they said, I can't, I can't remember the actor's name. but uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he, he, he was talking he, about he smaller versions yeah. of these animals for... Uh, to use as weapons, and here we are. We have a smaller version of the Indominus Rex. Yeah, that, that's apparently like crossbred with Velociraptors or something like that. It's like my my problem with with uh, both of these, and it actually kind of resolves itself pretty nicely in a way that that I found satisfying. So apologies for the inconsistency on the front end, but um, uh, I don't like made up dinosaurs. That that tells me that that there aren't enough real dinosaurs to make the i don't know it just it it bothered me well how how do you top the t-rex well and and or how do you top their made-up velociraptor yeah oh ooh, that's a good point about the yeah the velociraptor is totally off. totally made up like it's more like well body wise it's more like a deinonychus size wise it's more like a utah raptor okay way too big to be a velociraptor Interesting. See, and I, I, I didn't know or remember any of that. I just, I just remember like one of the criticisms, like, you know, it's so funny because like, you know, we talked about uh, Jurassic Park being inspirational for folks to like learn about dinosaurs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So after Jurassic Park mania hits, then you have like the educated hipsters coming out. So, well, actually, Velociraptors had flat feathers. Where's the feathers? Blah, blah, blah. And all that other nonsense which you know um now one thing that i did think was i mean i guess could have been okay it's like so are like the dumb spines kind of supposed to be those are quills oh is that oh that's so dumb well so a real, the real velociraptors, they would have had quills and down feathers. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It's like, are those meant to kind of well, also the what? Well, the, and the velociraptor, or at least the male velociraptors in uh-huh. Jurassic Park 3 had quills as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, this creature's dumb. I don't nah. like it. I don't like it. It was you, fine. You liked it? Was it was fine. All right. All right. That, I mean, that, that's fine. That's fine. That's, uh, that's I, each I enjoyed him more than I did the uh, Indominus Rex, to be honest. Oh, that's fair. See, see, we're finding common ground. It's amazing. We're 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 building bridges. We're building bridges. And we're gonna burn them in a minute. Yeah. Um. So where? Uh. Oh man. Where do we want to go from here? As we uh. uh as we get. Owen, as we get towards- Owen uses a uh, sticky Moloch to escape confinement. Oh my. And God. then he uses the this thing. sticky Moloch to uh, 
disrupt the auction. Yeah, and I'm just and and the the trailer lies to you because there there's a part where they make it seem like he's like teaming up with Blue. Yeah, that's 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 not in the movie. To be honest, I like I appreciate that because trailers spoil movies way too much. I'd rather the trailer lie than ruin the movie for me. You know what? That's fair, and I I, I can't disagree with you on that. Uh, but it's it's just kind of interesting because revisiting that for for this, it was like, oh, but I kind of want to see that. Because they were kind of, I was like, ooh, teaming up? That's pretty rad. But yeah. Well, they, do, they do team up. It's just. To an extent, yeah. It's just Blue finds her way to Owen rather than Owen and Blue hunting down the uh, Indoraptor. Yeah. And I just, I don't. I, again, we're, we're putting people in death traps. You know, we're, we're just going to leave these guys. I mean, shoot these motherfuckers. You know, fucking Claire, Owen, uh, the, the scientist lady, you know, fucking cross these people off. No loose ends. They, again, these are terrible supervillains. I can't think of a supervillain that doesn't do stuff like that. I Oh, that that's I, fair. <laughs> I can't think of a single Bond villain that actually there it is. kills Bond. There it is. The closest was... Uh, uh, Goldfinger? Yeah. With, with with the crotch laser? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So you're right. They wouldn't be true supervillains if they didn't. It, it's but it, it was, it, it's a it's a Hollywood cliche, but it, for the story, you need it. Yeah. Otherwise, the movie's over. You killed the the good guys. Movie's done. So um so so poor genteel uh uh James Cromwell who's who's not looking good that that guy's that guy's like super old he uh he he gets a pillow to the face and one of the things that I don't like about this movie and I've got a couple uh we're coming up on a big example I want to mention is that this movie is very toothless when it comes to the violence so, like... Jurassic Park was kind of toothless when you think about it. Well, and it's weird, though, because... Like, the only death you see is, uh... uh why am I forgetting his name? The lawyer. The, the lawyer guy. And even and then, you don't see pre- much of it. It's pretty... You only see enough of it to get a PG-13 rating. But yet, it's still a competently made movie. It's interesting because, like, this feels to me like PG-13 violence. Whereas, well, it is a PG thirteen movie, but that's but that's what I mean though. It's like it, it's being obvious in that. And I'll I'll, I'll uh, I have another example. Now. Well, the the example I forgot to mention earlier is like when 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 they're back on the island and Blue jumps on that one dude. I think that dude got like half his face tore off. Maybe I don't know because they they didn't block it or frame it or shoot it very well. And well, no, I don't... They, they shot it in a way was basically Blue. Had her, her, it was either her hand or her feet on the guy's face. Like, he, she had him pinned down, ready to kill yeah. him. Yeah, that dude needed to be super dead. I, I guess, I mean, like, let's establish some stakes. I mean, there's no reason why that guy should have still been alive. But, you know, let somebody else shoot her or whatever. But, but well, I, no, just, it would have made no sense for someone else to shoot her because nobody else, everybody else knew we need Blue alive, whereas this guy had his life in jeopardy. Yeah. So he was uh, fight or flight. You're right. You're right. I, I yeah no you're absolutely right I can't argue with you on that um uh what was I going to oh yeah so so yeah I just I I don't know the the um I I guess now is as good a time as any to uh to talk about the most unwanted member of the cast what is the deal with this little girl running around I uh, I don't need it. I don't want it, and part of the reason that you know I was so pissed. Well, off to be about- fair, that this movie 
every Jurassic Park movie has kids in it, and most of them you don't need. Like, did you really need Tim? You just needed Lex. See, and it's it, and and it's rose-colored glasses too, because like there was at some point during this movie when when the little girl finds herself in in uh, um, some kind of peril, and I, I I thought to myself, I'm like, how would uh how would Tim and or Lex ha- handle themselves in this situation? Are, are you talking about when and, the Velociraptor's chasing after? Or yes. I mean the uh, Indoraptor. Yes, that's right. I, I uh, well, thanks, you, you I totally get that callback to. To Lex trying to shut her, or hide herself in an oven, but this time in the whatever they call those uh, little shelf elevator yeah, things. Yeah, uh, the dumbwaiter. Okay. Yeah, it took me a sec. I was like, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, the elevator thing. That that's. Oh, yeah, and that was super stupid, too. It's like, uh, you know, we got... Well, it's an old-timey house, so I guess... I guess all, well, it's a all, big all, house. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's I, true. It, it's, it's, it's basically a castle. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, it'd take forever to get to the kitchen to the main room, I'd imagine, or to the master bedroom. So, why do we have human clones in this Jurassic Park movie? To, I'll admit this came out of left field for me, and effort, and I was kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" I almost threw my soda. I almost left. I am just like, but, but fuck this. But within the context of the story and just the series as a, as a whole, it's like, you know, it's silly, but it fits. Like it, you can justify it being there, because InGen has the technology to make genetically engineered dinosaurs out of fragments of DNA. Okay, can't be that hard to make a perfect clone of a human when you have full strands of DNA. Mm-hmm. But also they set up earlier that Lockwood and Hammond had a falling out. This is the falling out. Lockwood wanting to resurrect his daughter and Hammond objectifying to that or objecting to that. See, and, and again, that that's where that's why I throw up my hands. And I guess maybe I could have explained this a little better when I was talking earlier about why I was so bent out of shape about this this retroactive continuity where it's like, wait a minute, Hammond had a partner and wait a minute. Now, well, why would a- he mention a partner in Jurassic Park when they were already uh, gone their separate ways? That's true. That That's a fair way of explaining that. And I, I totally but I, I just I just don't understand what human cloning adds to this narrative. Well, it, it doesn't it, belong in my dinosaur movie. Well, it's it's part of the uh, what they have what they do later in the movie. It's like with Lex being a computer nerd. That was just a setup for something that happens later in the story. So this pays off, you think? Well, well, we're gonna skip ahead, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. We, so yeah, uh, yeah, we gotta we gotta beat a, a little bit. A uh, a toxic canister uh, gets ruptured because there was a big explosion because somebody was, thought it was a good idea to shoot it blue with bullets when she was standing in front of oxygen tanks. Uh-huh. So, so, hydrogen so, cyanide. So there, there's gas going down from the lab level into the containment area where all yep. the dinosaurs are and yep. they're, they're all going to die from the gas. Mm-hmm. And Claire, she wants, she's going to let them go. And Owen, like Malcolm, he's like, Think about what you're, this is going to, you're going to change everything. This is, there's no going back after this. And she, instead of pushing the button to let the dinosaurs out, mm-hmm. she just pulls her hand away. Right. So then you have the girl do it. <laughs> and her line is, 
they're alive like me. They're clones. She's a clone. They have just as much a right to live as she would or any other living being. Uh, see, so it would... Okay. It made... I thought it was a better payoff for her to do it rather than uh, Claire. 100% with you for a number of reasons. One, um, she's a child, so she has a child sensibilities. It makes, I mean, I, I was I was going nuts with uh, with Claire having this dilemma. It's like, um, again, my... Well, my, it's, it's a, it's a like, character arc. Like, in the beginning, she wants to save the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the end, she's like, uh, w- we should let them die. Like, she, she realizes that these dinosaurs being alive, it, it's, ag- it's against nature. It, mm-hmm. Them being out uh, will just lead to more problems. God damn it. And it sets up uh, the third Jurassic World. You know, it, it's interesting. I just had this realization. So I, I really enjoy these conversations that you and I have because I always take away something that I hadn't really put together before. I I see Claire's character arc in a way that I didn't before. I, I actually get it now. To where you know she starts off at one place, she ends at a different place, and and yeah, so fixated on on her uh, uh, thick mom jeans and the fact that we can't have all these lingering shots on her feet all the damn time, but um, but no, um, but yeah, no, that, that's an interesting um, observation in that. But here's the thing, and uh, you know what? L- let's wrap up the plot because then then I'm going to wrap up the. Uh, um, you know, you know, get to get to the thing I want to ask you. So we, um, well, actually, that that is pretty much the end of the plot. You know, like well, uh, there's, there's, well, the dinosaurs get out, and they're all stampeding out. And um, Mills, he's trying to get away with the uh, the the uh, tissue sample or not tissue sample, the, the bone, the bone of the, the Indominus Rex, right? And it, it sets up a. Uh, a double twist. Yep. Like when he's crawling out from, un- well, he's, he's hiding under a car as the dinosaurs are stampeding by. As he's crawling out, you see a bunch of uh, compies there. You think they're going to jump down and get him. I, I, then I you see too, the Carnotaurus yeah. <laughs> sneaking up. You think he's going to get him. No. Rexy just comes in out, out of nowhere, John Cena style, <laughs> and and just tears him up. And and for the second time, or the, the Carnotaurus goes in to try to tear out a piece of the of his leg, the T-Rex for the second time in this movie, BTFOs the Carnotaurus. And I don't know if you noticed this, but at the, bo- the bottom of the screen, you can see like the leg that the Carnotaurus had, but yeah. dropped. And then the, the copies are, ran in and are picking at it. <laughs> so all three of them got a piece. You know what? I, I, I and, actually... and it had this night. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Probably the same reason you enjoyed uh, the Bosque name dropping in Solo. Yes. That you had the T Rex do the triumphant roar and pose that it had in uh, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did like that. So just just as a fan, I was like, I enjoyed that. And his name is John C. I, I was a little slow on that. It took me a while to find it, but I think it was worth it. But now, God damn it! Now that I think about it, Randy Orton would have better been a better analogy because of his RKO out of nowhere. Oh, oh well. <laughs> I 
understood that reference. I know what that is. I, I watched a YouTube video of people getting RKO'd over and over and over, and I thought that was pretty funny. So, yeah. And then... <laughs> As I stop the show for a dumb sound effect. So after all that, uh, Blue or Owen's trying to get Blue to go with him so they can take her somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. And she sees that he's kind of looking at a cage. She's like, no, I was just in a cage. That sucked. And she just runs off. Yeah. She's like, despite all my rage, I am still just Nicolas Cage. Off <laughs> I go. <laughs> no more. So yeah, then it, it cuts back to uh, Malcolm at the Senate hearing. Yeah. Talking about... Uh, Genetic, genetic engineering uh, yeah. being out in the open for anybody to use, which I think is going to play a huge part in uh, Jurassic World 3. D- didn't you get the montage of the, the Rex breaking into a zoo and uh, mm-hmm. roaring at a lion and the lion roaring back? I two, two kings of different eras. I kind of like that. Yeah. Then you had uh, the, mo- the, pay- the payoff of the Mosasaurus breaking out. It's yeah. in the trailer the, that it's coming up on some surfers and it's going to eat one of them. And then you have Blue running along in the, some kind of desert area. I don't know where this is in California. Yeah. And she's standing up on a hill or a big cliffside and looking down at a, uh, a suburb and does her little raptor roar or yep. a call. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, uh, yeah, just looking out onto this uh, neighborhood and who knows what's going to happen. So, So I guess that's... That's my big question. Where do we go from here? What are we well, doing? Well, I also left out that you saw you see some of the dinosaurs being hauled off in uh, trucks. Yeah, because not all of them were still in the uh, their containments when the gas was breaking out. Some of them were being hauled off after they were sold. Yep. So like the the Allosaurus, the Baryonyx, and you also had uh, the DNA samples. Th- mm-hmm. Those got uh, taken out. Yep. Or taken away. So I, I think you're setting up. Or for the sequel, you're going to see everyone able to make genetic dinosaurs, everyone able to replicate Wu's research. Woo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and and speaking of Dr. Wu, he uh, he gets to live to see another day. Yeah. So, so we'll get to see him. Tw- I, I'm not going to be satisfied until he shows up with, like, an actual mustache for him to twirl and, like, a monocle or something. Because he has gone full Bond villain at this point. He, but He was hardly a Bond villain. He was more of a, uh, a villain doctor. It was just more in the in the in his hammy acting in the okay. way that he was speaking. It was it was speaking in very super villain dialect type thing. I I I, don't, I, I that seemed less villainy to me than more more or more of just a kind of like Doctor Frankenstein just up his own ass or really high on himself and his research. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still think it's a hammy performance that, that uh, didn't quite uh, resonate with me. But I think I, I think uh, uh, one thing, I brought up Dr. Wu for a reason. So, like, uh, one thing that I really liked um, that, that paid off, we were talking about how Mills um, eats it, um, or, or gets ate, actually, uh, more accurately. But, like, the, the punctuation of that that I really liked is, you know, he's got, like, the sample of the, of the Indominus and... T-Rex just steps on it. Yeah. And the thing that I like in both of these movies is that, you know, uh, you have all these lame uh, generated fake dinosaurs, but the T-Rex is still king. 
I I like that narratively we're saying. I mean, to me, I felt that the T Rex stepping on that sample was like you know a fuck you to you know the the Indocraptor oh. and the Adominus and and all that. It's like you know real dinosaurs rule. I think. I, I still say the Indoraptor was a was a cool actual movie monster rather than uh, a. Indocraptor, as, <laughs> as you're calling it. Yes, I, I I enjoyed all that stuff with the Indoraptor chasing after Owen and Claire and the the girl in the mansion. See, for me, it it felt uh, a little too retready, and, and you know, like we're trying to recreate the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, even to where you have well, like the well, like the, I the said, claw tap. I I groaned out loud when that thing started tapping its claws. I'm like, keep it. You could keep this shit. Well, it's part raptor. Of course, it's going to do that. Yeah, but like I said earlier, but it's not about, communicating with anybody though. That was the, the Velociraptor in the first one wasn't communicating with was tapping his claw. It was more like, kind of like, you know, when you're do you're uh, doing that thing with your fingers. Uh huh. You're just kind of like, where yeah. is it? Where are you? That's fair. You're you're right. Yeah, I th- I think maybe I was uh, getting a couple sequences mixed up because I I like it in Jurassic Park. It, it's I I but the, it's the, one of my favorite. But to go back titles. to your uh, rehashing of the kitchen stuff. Yeah, it's like I said earlier. Sequels, more or less, sure are rehashes of their the original. Like 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 the Friday the Thirteenth series. <laughs> how many times have we seen? Need to see? Well, I need to see more of it. But how many times do we need to see? Jason hunting down teenagers or sex crazed drug induced teenagers at a campground every summer if the Lord will allow it <laughs> but but we don't live in the uh, late 1980s anymore unfortunately no nah. I, I still want a Jason in the snow movie I mean I, I, I would like uh, Crystal Lake in the winter like like the winter team comes in to oh, like right. win- winterize it and 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 ooh secret Jason I, I I I weigh digress, but but yeah, no, I I think with this with this third Jurassic World movie, I'm really puzzled where we go. Um, I think it's like you flash forward and it's a post-apocalyptic nightmare future. It's- I don't think it's gonna go that far because I mean, not that many dinosaurs were there to no, get let out. No well, way they're gonna cause an apocalypse. Yeah, but. I, I want this to be a better movie though. I, I, I want I want like a Mad Max like future that's overrun with dinosaurs. Now see, that sounds dumb. That sounds dumber than the way you're making Jura- uh, Fallen Kingdom out to be. <laughs> well, and and the, the way I think the, uh, Jurassic World three is going to be, okay. it's going to be kind of like they're try- their humans are now having to live in a world where dinosaurs are running around the wild, similar to how. Bear, we have to deal with bears and cougars. Oh, okay. All right. Like maybe you'll see Blue wander into uh, human territory when normally it would stay away just to get food or whatever, like a like a hungry bear because we keep building homes into their, their home. Gotcha. So could you call it, um, oh, I don't know, the Lost World colon Jurassic World? <laughs> this movie sucks. Um, no, but like in this in this post apocalyptic future, I was talking about. I think like the the clone child should be their leader too. So she's like all like done up in like like Mad Max biker gear. You are and describing stuff. a way dumber movie than you're, like I said. You're making Jurassic or Fallen Kingdom out to be. Okay. Um, yeah. Magic. Uh, magic. Y- y- you're angry that this movie was dumb. Yet you're wanting a. Dumber movie. <laughs> <laughs> D- 
dumber movie. <laughs> All right, man. So, um, so yeah. So that's. Um, do you uh, do you happen to have uh, rankings for the Jurassic Park? Movies? Uh, do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Before, uh, uh, before we close out here, uh, Jurassic Park obviously top of the pile. Sure. Um, I suppose I would give the Lost World an edge over uh, Jurassic World. Really? Okay. There's there's stuff about each I like more than the other. Sure. Like I I love the idea of seeing the park active. Like it's been open. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas uh, Jurassic or the Lost World. It it reminds me a lot of it reminds me a lot of King Kong type of movies. Yes, and so I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and it was a different. Uh, it was an obvious place to go after Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Fallen Kingdom, I would put fourth, and Jurassic Park three being last. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, oh, I mean, this is there's hardly anything. To justify Jurassic Park three, yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong. I um, so so my ranking, uh, I obviously Jurassic Park at the at the top, um, you know that that goes out without saying, and then a steep sharp cliff. Okay. Then I go Jurassic World, then Lost World, okay. because I had a lot more fun with Jurassic World. The Lost World, I you forget that it's long. It it gets draggy in spots, whereas I, I thought Jurassic World kind of kind of moved. I, I was watching that one the other day because I was doing a semi marathon, and sure, I didn't notice pacing issues with Lost World. I thought it was fine. Okay, I, but then again, I had no problem with uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong remake or the the length of it. Okay, so maybe it's just I like long movies. Sure. But but yet no time for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay, the so. length is not the problem with that movie. <laughs> I just I just got a jab. Um, so yeah, so I go uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Lost World, Jurassic Park three, and Fallen Kingdom dead last. Boo. See, and I go Jurassic Park three because as long as Lost World is, Jurassic Park three is short. That movie clocks in just over ninety minutes. It is mercifully short, whereas Fallen Kingdom is like two and a half hours of... It was two and a half hours of fun. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, uh, <laughs> and, 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 we, and we even stuck around through the credits, too. Which I, Funny you mentioned that. I had no idea there was a post-credit scene when I first saw the movie. Oh, okay. So, when I got home, I found out there was a post-credit. It's like, oh. God, fuck you, Marvel. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, you can't do it anymore. Every movie, you gotta have. And almost around. all of them don't have uh, post credits. I know, right? But uh how how'd you feel about that that PS scene with with the uh uh pterodactyls in Vegas? A, a, an obvious setup for uh yeah. what's what's to come. The yeah. dinosaurs interacting with uh our world or our, yeah. Yeah, it just it makes it a a firm exclamation point, which is what a stinger scene should do. It's like, no, this is what the next movie is going to be. And I I had no problem with that. I'm I'm cool with that. So um so before we get out of here, I have a surprise. God damn it. I have a surprise as we as we close in on the two hour and thirty-two minute mark. I have an article I'd like to share with you. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so this this is from something called gamesradar.com. Oh um, my god, that site. Yeah. I, um 
tell me more about the site when we get done because this what I'm going to read just uh, spoilers is utter bullshit. But it's it's uh, it sounds like it's not a credible site. But anyway, the, the it's just a stupid site. Okay, very good. So that this the, I've played into their hands. Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is the last Jedi of Jurassic Park movies. Bullshit. <laughs> Indulge me. Both movies have at the center of their stories a young girl who may be more than she seems. The Last Jedi shows that Rey is obviously gifted in the Force, but Fallen Kingdom's Maisie is also presented as someone special from the get-go. Even without someone explicitly saying, there's something different about her, until near the end of the film. I gotta pause you there. Okay. The Last Jedi didn't establish uh, Rey being... Who is this girl? She, she's obviously important. The Force Awakens did that. I'm trying to read this with a straight face, and I can't. Um, uh, director J.A. Uh, Bayona uh, communicates that message through tone, composition, and cinematography, this article says. There's also the fact that our heroes fail in their missions. Finn and Rose end up screwing over the Resistance, as you mentioned earlier, when they get caught by the First Order, while Owen, Claire, and the newbies end up getting their um, getting the creatures they were trying to rescue sold into captivity. Speaking of newbies, uh, both films introduce new characters, one's, uh, one that's sassy and takes no shit, one that's useful for tech-related plot devices, and others that's a real bastard, albeit a charismatic one. Okay. <laughs> uh, there are also a few non- Who's the real bastard in Last Jedi? Uh, this article posits that it's Benicio Del Toro's hacker- character oh okay whereas in this in and his uh analog for jurassic uh, for for uh fallen kingdom is uh, uh wheatley oh incidentally wheatley, wheatley refresh my memory at that he, name he was the the big game hunter guy i don't see a parallel between those two because not even a little because wheatley was a villain from the get-go but he likes them teeth and incidentally played by uh ted levine uh from uh, silence of the lambs oh you know, he uh, um, puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> Same oh, guy. I did not recognize him. Same guy. Yeah, well, he's got 30 years on him now. but um, Still. <laughs> but, you know, I, I talked about the uh, violence being toothless. This dude um, gets attacked by the Indocraptor and his arm pops off like a Buzz Lightyear doll. What? That dude should be super dead. Super dead. Come on, man. That was some bullshit. It- He's not taking the bait. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's another cliche like a like a tarantula face in in the cantina gets his arm cut off. He's not dead. Yeah, all right, all right. It, it's just we 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 continue with this stupid article. Because it's stupid. <laughs> and I, I like getting under your skin. Uh, there are also a few nonsense. Uh, I, I can't speak now. There are also a few nonsensical secret plans to drive the action. Colon. Holdo insists on the Resistance fleet slowly getting picked off one by one by the First Order because reasons. While Fallen Kingdom's evil megalomaniacs want to sell the Indocraptor a bioweapon. No, I'll read it as written. It's Indoraptor. Um, a bioweapon that is basically more expensive and less effective than a regular old gun. Oh, and I... I 
forgot to bring this up earlier. Did you catch that they demonstrate the Indoraptor's killing instincts by marking, uh, making it follow a laser sight on a rifle? If uh, if you had your weapon, it's not the laser sight itself that sets it off. It's also the uh, the sound it makes it. Like it it more or less triggers the Indoraptor to go after the dot. That's or whatever the dot's on. All right, that's fair, but I I agree with but this I'll, next chapter of the article. Also, if I want to I want to go, go ahead. The, the, uh, <laughs> uh, Admiral Blue Hair. <laughs> she wasn't supposed to be the villain. She just she was just uh, had a dumb plan. Yeah, it's well, it's. In I don't the, see the comparison in the paragraph. It says nonsensical secret plans to drive the action. So not well, necessarily a villain. It's just a dumb well, but secret I mean, plan. You know, well, see, it's a secret plan that gets everyone else killed. Whereas I don't see the. Well, I don't know. It's, I just don't see it. Yeah, quit trying to make logic of it because there's no logic here. This is this is this is shit posting at it. At, it's live shit posting. Uh, but but I do agree with this part about the the stupid rifle thing because like if you had your weapon already aiming at a target, wouldn't it be infinitely e- easier just to shoot them um, instead of sending an animal after them? I've uh, I've tried and I can't get this through out of my head. And and that's the thing. It's like it's on a well, rifle. Come on. Well, th- this is something that was, I'm assuming, was lifted out of movies like Aliens, yeah. Predator 2, and uh, the Resident Evil video games. Oh, yeah. Where you're having, uh, where you're weaponizing at- creatures. Well, and another so thing. It, so, as far as science fiction goes, it's not. True. So, it's not. Abnormal, and it, and it would have been more okay, I think, had it not been mounted on a rifle. The other justification. Well, what what make, would you want it on? Like on an iPhone? Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, because because it anyway. Uh, but I was going to say it's like another justification you can make is that it is a prototype, you know. So it has yeah, there's been, that too. There's yeah. So I mean, so I I can get on I board. Mean, the Raptor itself but, is a prototype, so they're probably right. yeah. They're still working out the kinks. Twenty millions. I have all the millions. I'm a stereotypical Soviet supervillain. Twenty millions. That guy's an idiot. Okay, so where the similarities really take shape are in the two films' deeper themes, uh, specifically the need to uh, tear down the old to make way for the new. You ready for more? That it, one was stupid. Go on. Oh, oh, it's it's great. This has its own uh, headline or, or its own uh, uh, chapter heading. Snoke is a brachiosaurus. Uh, the Empire, your parents, the Resistance, the Sith, J- the Jedi, let the past die, Kylo Ren tells Rey in The Last Jedi. Kill it if you have to. And while no one spouts such a gravitas-loaded line of dialogue in Fallen Kingdom, it's not hard to argue that killing the past is exactly what the latest Jurassic Park film was going for. Fallen Kingdom is the fifth film in the franchise, and all the movies preceding it had basically the same plot. Dinosaurs go where they're not supposed to, people get eaten, the survivors have to escape the island full of people-eating dinosaurs. Oh sure, there have been minor wrinkles here and there, again, this is the author's words, not mine. In The Lost World, the twist was that events took place on a second island. In Jurassic Park 3... That wasn't a twist! I know this is terrible. Uh, Hammond said in the opening or the first act, uh, "Thank God for Site B." Yeah, <laughs> I, I I knew that one would would uh, uh, get in. Yeah, the, in, a, in I, I see what you're doing here. 
<laughs> but I don't like it. I know. I know it's so bad. In Jurassic Park 3, the twist was going back to the second island. In Jurassic World, the twist was rebuilding the park on the first island. Have a run. I'm skipping all this. Uh, but in a broad sense, we have seen these beats play out time and time again. Um, it's not hard to draw a parallel with the Star Wars saga. You've got your enforcer-type villain clad in black, um, a collective of bad guys who lean heavily on Nazi imagery, a mysterious figure who's strong in the dark side of the force calling the shots, a ragtag bunch of heroes without official backing, a cocky, handsome pilot who swoops in to save the day, and a badass super weapon that can blow up planets. So when Luke tosses aside his old lightsaber, or when uh, Kylo Ren kills Snoke, or we find out Rey's parents are nobodies, it's the last Jedi trying to kill the old tropes in order to tell a new story. Agree to disagree. Uh, This is why Fallen Kingdom's opening act is quite literally cataclysmic. The island is gone. Wherever Jurassic Park goes from here, it can't go back. Well, pause you there for a second. Of course. Let's say Jurassic or Fallen Kingdom did the opposite and it just retreaded past movies. Uh huh. They would be singing a different tune. They'd be like, "Oh, it's just, it's just a remake." Blah blah blah. Like, yep. Like, they wouldn't be happy either way. Well, and the thing that we have all learned and we have learned individually and together through doing these podcasts is that fans are pretty terrible and pretty shitty people and they kind of deserve what they get, you know, regardless. You know, it's like you want you want these well, shitty movies. You got them. You don't like them. Well, you deserve that, too. I I, I don't even know anymore. I'm just I was when well, I'm curious. What did Jurassic Park fans? How are they shitty to deserve Fallen Kingdom or, or the way you make it out to be? Because. So far, my observation goes the Jurassic Park fandom's not as divisive Correct, yeah. as, say, the Star Wars fan base. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's disagreements of Jurassic Park 3 and the Jurassic World movies, sure. but it's not like horribly tearing each other apart. Yeah, yeah. Not- uh, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I appreciate that imagery. But yeah, I mean, no, the only fans that are shittier than Star Wars fans are Rick and Morty fans and, and their stupid sauce. I wonder if those fuckers ever got their, their sauce that they were bitching so much about. I don't know. I totally forgot about that. I, I just, I, it just popped into my head. Um, so yeah, no going back, killing the past. Those are powerful sentiments and, and you need powerful scenes to sell them. Scenes that say this is the end of what you knew. In the last jedi that moment comes when snoke is killed and um as he cleaves in half the man that was set up as the emperor 2.0 um i'm just i should have cut out some of this stuff um go ahead because because well, basically this we're whole asking- this whole uh snoke or, or snoke getting killed by ren i didn't see that as tearing down the old for the new i saw that as re- recreating uh the end of uh return of the jedi See, I, I took it as the new cannibalizing itself and and a message of nihilism that nothing matters. <laughs> oh, I just that's, took it. Well, that too, but I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. I didn't get that with uh, Isla Nubar being destroyed. And and that's the comparison that, that this knucklehead is trying to make. In Fallen Kingdom, the moment couldn't be more clear. As our heroes pull away from the island after 
surviving that super jump onto the boat that can't get over it. I can't. It's so dumb. So dumb. Uh, We see a lone Brachiosaurus stranded on the docks. It calls out screaming in desperation and agony, but the volcano cannot be stopped. The creature stands on its hind feet, and for a brief moment, we see its immense and awe-inspiring silhouetted against the embers posed exactly this... It's funny. Sorry, I I forgot to read this ahead, but it's posed exactly the same way we saw uh, one of its kind so many years ago in the first Jurassic Park movie. It it, it just it clicked with me. I'm like, wait a minute. Killing Spree said the exact same thing. Um, And anyway, it's swallowed by smoke and flames. It's gone. The metaphor is not exactly subtle. So they're trying to say that, you know, the whole the past is dead along with this poor dinosaur. But is the past really dead because Rexy is still alive? That ooh, excellent rebuttal. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, la- last passage here. Uh, both movies tear down the old to give us something new. You know the saying, "This isn't your dad's blank." Well, we've become the dads. This isn't the Star Wars we knew. This isn't the Jurassic Park we knew. This isn't the entertainment we knew. But then also doesn't. Um, but that also doesn't mean it has to be the end. Luke will not be the last Jedi. The chaos unleashed by the first Jurassic Park will not be contained. Kylo Ren tells us to kill the past. Ian Malcolm tells us that life finds a way. The Last Jedi and Fallen Kingdom prove they're both right. (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) No, well, when when we, for for those who didn't listen to our uh, uh, Last Jedi review, Uh uh-huh, you were having an existential crisis. You were questioning whether or not you were still a fan, right? whether this mm-hmm. was still your your uh, Star Wars. Yep. I don't get that at all with Fallen Kingdom. While it's not anything compared to uh, Jurassic Park, yeah, it 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 feels in line with the sequels. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know what? And I. I and I, I, maybe that's just the difference between. Uh, why I'm so critical of uh, these new Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. whereas I'm defending the Jurassic World movies. I I, I want better from the Star Wars sequels because we've gotten better Star Wars sequels. We've gotten The Empire Strikes Back. True. Whereas uh, the Jurassic Park series, the best we've gotten, depending on who you talk to, is either The Lost World or Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. And like I said those two don't compare to empire at all so i guess it's just empire set the bar higher than the lost world ever could yeah yeah um but also what uh mm. the difference here is unlike disney and lucasfilm in name only i don't see universal shitting on the fan base true because uh, I, I found some quotes interesting quotes oh sure yeah one from uh this one's from colin trevorrow regarding uh the next movie. Uh-huh. The new trilogy is built for a new generation, but not at the expense of the fandom. Mm. Without them, we're nothing. So whether whether they are doing these sequels well, obviously, is uh, in the eye of the beholder. But at least they're trying to appeal to a new audience, but at the same time, res- respect the fans or mm. the core fan base. Whereas Trevor here, regarding The Last Jedi... I'd be worried if everybody was like, that was a good movie. It's much more exciting when a group of people are excited about it, and there are other people literally saying, 
That was the worst movie I've ever seen. Having those two extremes is a mark of a movie I would want I want to make. Well said. And I uh I I don't care for his writing of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but I don't disagree with his uh sentiment uh with with regards to those movies. So yeah, cuz Universal they seem to understand that you can't flip off the fan base. They're the ones yeah. who made this a franchise yeah. rather than just a one-off uh, movie. Whereas Lucasfilm, Kennedy, Disney, they, they don't care about the core fan base. They, they actively shit on the fan base. Right. right. You, you don't like uh, Force Awakens or The Last Jedi? It's probably because you hate women, you racist alt-writer. Mm-hmm. Plenty of shit going on, uh, Fallen Kingdom's way, but I don't see articles talking about how problematic the fan base is. Yeah, I I agree, and you know I I stand by a, my assessment of uh, Fallen Kingdom being aggressively stupid, but I'm not gonna say that like you know people that like it are a certain way. You know I I don't I don't think any less of somebody that likes this movie because it's okay to like a movie yeah i'm on the opposite or on the flip side of the coin i'm the same way as like yeah i get that you don't like jurassic world and it doesn't bother or don't like fallen kingdom and it doesn't bother me exactly there are plenty of movies that are considered stupid i absolutely love like friday the 13th absolutely nobody's gonna argue with friday the 13th being <laughs> top tier oscar bait yeah like mm-hmm. uh, objectively good and i have this uh uh conversation with my wife sometimes oh, god damn the godzilla it's... movies most of them are terrible sure i fucking love them see yeah yeah i i i agree with you man see and and that's why conversations like this are fun because like you know again if we agreed on everything we would talk about solo for four hours instead we disagree and we talk about uh jurassic park and and fallen kingdom for for almost three so well to be but, fair we were talking two move different movies yeah and i threw in all that rocky stuff too so but um um but that being said do you uh do you have um anything else you want to put a a button on this uh conversation before well, before we get the hell out of here uh jurassic world 3 is set to come out in 2021 Oh, so okay. unlike Lucasfilm and Disney, they're not putting or Universal's not putting Jurassic Park movies out every year. Yeah, they're Sometimes more or less taking their time. Yeah, whether they need more time is uh, up for debate. But sure. Colin Trevino's back because he got kicked from Star Wars. I I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and uh, the way he described it, it sounds like he's going for a science thriller. Sure. Uh, and that's how I, or what Jurassic Park novels more like rather than a, an adventure mo- uh, story. Yeah, see, and I, I was going to say, I mean, that sounds like what Michael Crichton's writing is. Like a lot of it is is science thriller type of stuff and less adventure. I, I'm sorry, I repeated exactly yeah. what you just said, but yeah, but, that's. And also, uh, I don't know if this is a rumor, if there's truth to it, but it sounds like they're not doing more uh, hybrids. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and uh, Well, yeah, because I don't think they could top the Indoraptor. I, f- I thought that was a good cutoff. I agree with you on that. Well, for different reasons, but whatever. Oh, sure, yeah. See, and, and that's the thing. We could even uh, agree for different reasons and still end up at, a, at an and, agreement. And, uh, and that quote I wrote <laughs> off, or, and that quote that I read from Trevor, it makes yeah. me think that 
Jurassic World three is going to be it, or at yeah. least that's what they in- or the intention. Whereas I don't think Disney plans to end Star Wars at all. I I think the market might end it for them. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, and we've talked about this before. There. I, I don't know exactly what it's going to take. I think it's I think a lot of it hinges on episode nine because like I think something's going to get me to turn where I'm like, I don't need to watch these anymore. Um, I mean, because they've with Solo, they've already established that Star Wars movies are no longer an event. They're no longer special. Um, and, you know, because like one of the things that kind of gets on my nerves is that they make the, the comparisons to the Marvel movies. It's like, well, you could get two, three Marvel movies a year and and not have a problem with it. Um, so why why do you have a problem with Star Wars? Well, if I had like prequel origin movies um, constantly being thrown at me, especially ones I don't want, like Solo, um, I, I just I, I. Well, you know what? I think Muldoon has the right idea when it comes to these uh, anthology movies. They should all be destroyed. <laughs> oh man! So, um, so do you have any other uh, fireworks you wanna you wanna uh, fire off there before before we close out? Because you know, we're you know what? Just because. <laughs> Gets me every time, goddammit. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I don't know if you're clicking or if you're waiting for me. I'm just closing windows. Oh, very good. All right. So, um, uh, Killing Spree, as always, it is a pleasure to share the studio with you and to have these fun conversations. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to do this again sometime in the... Well, so, uh, real quick. Yeah, of course. Do you think this was more contentious than the Death Wish review or less? More. Okay. Because um, I, I think I think the things that we butted heads on, none of us really moved. I mean, there was a little because like at the end of Death Wish, it was like, oh, you really just don't like Bruce Willis. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's just I just don't like Bruce Willis. I also think this movie is completely unnecessary and maybe a little tone deaf. But uh, but but it was mostly it was mostly Bruce Willis. Whereas with this. I stand resolute, motherfucker. This is a dumb movie. I'm not going to watch it again. Oh, I'm. I'm going to buy it day one. See, perfect. I already got the soundtrack. Oh, that's something I wanted to bring up real quick. I I, I, I like this soundtrack much more than uh, the Lost World soundtrack, or Jurassic World soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same guy. I, I agree with you 100%, and, and the reason for that is because he's starting to do some of his own things, and we're not leaning so heavily on the John Williams stuff. Um, I mean, it's there, but in Jurassic World... It, it was uh, um, as as I think we said at the time. Like you know, he's he's uh, uh, Michael Giacchino is I think the world's most renowned um, uh, John Williams cover band. Um, in that, like he's really good at covering John Williams stuff, and I think with the Fallen Kingdom score, he's uh, he's starting to do some of his own stuff, and it's it, right. it's it's kind of it's kind of okay. But uh, back to our budding heads thing. Oh yeah, yeah. What's the next movie that you think would? With top us butting heads. Oh my gosh, I don't even know because oh. I I don't even know. I mean, like I know there's like an Mission uh, Mission Impossible movie coming. Oh, I don't out, plan on seeing that. Yeah, um, but uh, well, when you went and saw uh, Jura- uh, Fallen Kingdom, did you have yeah. a trailer for a shark movie? Uh, Meg, I think it's called. Oh, you are super stoked for this movie, aren't you? S- the same reason that Dave, our friend Dave, <laughs> loves every time that there's a new Sharknado. 
Yes. He's like, I know exactly what it's going to be. I know it's going to be another shark movie that's not Jaws, but fuck it. Yeah. I. You know what? Uh, uh, when does that come out? I think August. Oh, yeah. So so we're going to have to see that, and we're going to have to talk about but it. Then, because- and there's also uh, The Predator, and I'm kind of concerned about that, that those trailers aren't giving me confidence. Yeah, you're, uh, and, and that might, I, I, I think I'm doubling down on Shane Black. I think I'm just like, you know what? It's, I, I, you know, I don't know about these trailers. I'm not as uneasy as you are, but I'm still pretty uneasy. But I, I kind of like have this blind faith. I'm like, no, it's, it's going to be okay. I, I'm a huge predator, Mark. I should be excited for this. Yeah. God damn it. And, and it's frustrating that, that um that you aren't i'm saying that wrong but it's frustrating that it's not grabbing uh us predator fans by the nuts like it's supposed to yeah and then uh, what else uh that halloween reboot reboot <laughs> the re re reboot yeah the one that's retconning everything from halloween 2 to yeah. uh resurrection yeah speaking of retcons jesus christ i mean that that's worth that's worse than a than a clone daughter running around well, all randomly but they, I will say the trailer, the trailer does kind of, it's like, you know, this might be interesting. This might be okay. I, I might watch it. I might watch it. I, you know, of the horror slasher movies, I, I think Halloween is the, the series that I've been le- the least enthusiastic about. Oh well, yeah. The sequels are clearly trying to catch up with Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Whereas Friday the 13th was a, cl- a knockoff of Halloween. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that surpassed it because I think Halloween is a legitimately great horror movie. Absolutely. And, and again, much like how Rocky is a real movie, but Rocky Four is a fun movie. Um, see, I, I can't, I can't get out of bringing things back around. Um, so yeah, so we've got some neat, fun stuff coming up. Um, Killing Spree. How could people get a hold of you on the internet? They can get a hold of me on the Twitter at at Late Night Death. Excellent. That's not nearly loud enough. Let's try that. Um, and that will do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging with us for, oh my gosh, almost three hours. Um, if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my old college radio shows, uh, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. And if you do leave a review on iTunes, five stars, please, uh, let me know, and I will give you a shout-out and read your review on the air. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio and write into the mailbag, especially if you strongly agree or strongly disagree with what we were just saying, uh, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And again, that spelling is S E I B E R T, uh, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. I'm Killing Spree. And until next time, make good choices or bad ones. Fuck it. <laughs>